again. Your podcast got released today. Yes, yeah. I actually just had a chance to have a look and yeah. I was like, sweet. There you go. Now you can listen to me again, <laughs> everyone. Um, so, how's your trip been? Um, it has been... It has been good. It has been very wholesome and it's always very wholesome when I come back home. Um, and uh, Lazy is a bad word to use, but I, I like stop caring about seeing like touristy things and I just hang out and fully embrace like living at home, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Just like, I think that's a big adulting. I think that's a big thing with, um, with people in general when they go on holidays mm. that they... I think there's two types of holidays. There's go and be active more so than you are in your normal everyday life mm. holiday. And then there's an actual holiday mm. where you go and do nothing. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, you're probably embracing the second kind. Um, yes, I wouldn't say it was like too... Like how, again, lazy is not a good word to no, use because no, I fully embrace athlete <laughs> lifestyle when I'm here. Yeah. Um, but I also... But I know what you're saying. Like yeah. For you, that's like relaxing and... Yeah. <laughs> For me, that's not doing, yeah, doing things. It's nourishing to yourself. It is. Um, and also, like, I come here, like, I pretty much laugh about the fact that I'm flying, flying out here to Adelaide. And so I, what am I going to say? I lived here my whole life. So I feel like that pressure of, like, having to, to actually embrace, like, a, you know, like, sightseeing holidays. Oh, I don't really need to do that. So I fully just chill. Yeah. No, it's good. <laughs> um. So, oh, I had today's workout was really hard. It, yeah, yep. I loved it. I freaking loved it. I know I you did. Often, <laughs> often don't get to go with partners for partner awards because people don't want to partner with me. But because um, I'm well, I weirdly, I, I, weirdly I, I, workhorsey. I hundred percent think that <laughs> happened today, and then I got stuck <laughs> with you. <laughs> wow. Okay. Nah. Oh, sorry. I was like, cool. No, yes, no, no, no. It was, it was fine. Um, yeah. No, no. Today, today was fine. Um, I just don't speak during the workout. I think people realize, and then they they go, "Well, she's like, she looks angry." I just don't like to no, talk no, at no, the same no, time. I feel like we're on the same. Yeah. Vibe cool. I'm it. glad that we're on the same. Yeah. Vibe. I did thought it, so. Did it seem? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, like yeah. I, I'm very competitive I thought so. in, in nature. And so then, as soon as it starts, and now you brought it up, and I was like, oh, okay, maybe. No, 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 no. I'm very competitive. Yeah. Like, cool, it's, cool, it's cool. almost sometimes why. Yeah, this is why the, so, the partner work it doesn't work because they're almost too competitive, yes. you know, unless yeah. someone's on the same level. And it's not about, um, you know, like when you're the partner, like I'm mm. not feeling like I'm competing with you, but no. I feel like I have to compete against myself harder. Yes, and you I'm feel like you have to keep up almost. Like you yeah. have to, I'm like, I don't want to, I don't want to like let down that yeah. side of the team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. of course. Mm. Um, so <laughs> I always find them a lot. I find partner workouts way more difficult. And I don't know, I just find that people never go at the rhythm that I want to go at. Yeah. Like, people. Yeah. I feel like people are always going way faster than I think yes. I would want to be going. I think it's this like, <laughs> again i think this is like especially at the beginning because and and if if you don't haven't like trained with that person before or like haven't for a long time like you don't really know like their pace they were always like like just level up their pacing a little bit at the start because they're like i don't want to let you down but like then inadvertently the other person's like no you, you're allowed to slow like in their head they're yeah, like slow yeah. down seriously i'm fine with it yeah. but you think that other person's like come on like hurry the, yeah, no, like, like, hurry up. i love it when people slow down <laughs> partner work i know i'm like oh, thank god i wanted to have a break too yeah <laughs> and then, it's actually the best because yeah. then you don't have to be the one there's asking no pressure for the break. Yeah. yeah you're yeah. not giving the break yep. oh, yep. Hell yeah you're just waiting for someone to like have the break and you're like oh now it's okay yeah. like seriously i don't i don't blame you and i wanted to have the break and 100%. now now it's like not weird yeah i know stupid crossfit things <laughs> um 
So I wanted to get you on the podcast today to, mm. one, you were a good guest last time. And Thanks. <laughs> like the sound of my own voice, apparently. And secondly, uh, yeah, I wanted to talk about like eating disorders mm. and just maybe uh, behaviours that are uncommon that people might have. Mm. I don't know what the right political, psychological yeah, term yeah, is for that. Yeah, I, I understand what you're saying. So I, Yeah, disordered behaviours. Yeah, I would say... I like to use the term disordered um, thoughts and behaviours around food, exercise and stuff because not everything is necessarily diagnosed eating disorder. Mm, but I think that a lot of people have and are very um, subject to falling down like a rabbit hole of disordered thoughts and behaviours around food, exercise, diet, yeah. etc. I find it so interesting that when it comes to the topic of fitness and mm. eating... Mm. People are so extremist about it. Like, people are either on a couch with Tim, time, Tim Tam crumbs on their stomach mm. from watching too much maths mm. and eating too many snacks, mm. or they're, like, exercising too much. Mm. Like, there's like there's a very, very vacant middle ground. I And finding the grit and the grace is probably the most challenging part of, um, like, the health and fitness journey. Like, finding that middle ground where, like, you... Yeah, I think that you're absolutely right. There's so much extremist views around one end or the other. And um, I kind of like, yeah, see a lot happening around holidays, holiday seasons. So Easter's just been. And um, yeah, everyone would have had a few more chocolate, chocolate treats or like treats in general. Like you probably had some days off and... Um, you probably eaten a bit more, had been a bit more social, gotten Easter eggs and therefore feel like you've needed to eat like all of them at one go and have them finished by Monday public holiday um, so they're not in the house. And also like I guess then there's um, – I feel like there's two types of people around here that, that are kind of like polarised in their sense that like one of them will be like, fuck it, I'm just going to have all of them and enjoy let it go next tomorrow's new day that's like the most healthy way by the way and i don't meet many people in my like realm that have that kind of mentality that, just go that are like guilt-free and like yeah. happy to just be like cool like i'm gonna have this enjoy it and like let it go and i heard i heard the best thing yesterday mm. i was um down like a motivational youtube rabbit <laughs> hole down the hole and um there's one guy he was like a motivational speaker he was like a somebody who had been homeless and you mm. know really fucked up his life and then came back and he said no matter where you're at in life know that you can completely fuck everything up and you can come back and like you can fix it all mm. you know like and he kind of gave an example of like you could do the worst things to your diet and you know like there's been the person who's lost all the weight and come back like you could uh, make all the wrong like career choices and if you give it enough time like you can get your career sorted again or you know you just gave lots of these types of examples and I was like you know that's so true like it's such a empowering thing because mm. I think a lot of people that fall down into the extremes of especially nutrition where you get into a lot of bad eating habits where you think you give a lot of power to food yes and you think that this one decision will ruin your yep. day or your potential life mm. uh, there's so much power in knowing that like you know doesn't matter what happens on christmas day or mm. yesterday like really yes. in the grand scheme in of the it. largest scheme yeah, yeah it's a flash in the pan and that's so true it's it's kind of like letting food be the controller and um a lot of that kind of surface like 
boils down or fizzles down to um, it's not necessarily the food or or whatever it might be and it's kind of um, the attachment of like my worthiness around uh, eating or like can I have do I have the discipline to to you know restrict x calories or not have the easter eggs or whatever it might be and then attachment to my self-worth so if i overeat therefore i'm a bad person or therefore i'm lack discipline or motivation when that's not like the the case at all and like we're all human and it's entirely normal to do that and it's entirely normal to indulge or enjoy or have pleasure around food and not like food is not necessarily always fuel just fuel um but there's that feelings of like self-worth that are so like deeply rooted into eating behavior and even exercise behavior like missing a workout therefore i'm a bad person i'm not motivated i'm i'm doing all my hard efforts because i miss this one day or i i can't control like it's this mentality of like if i start then i can't stop i have this lack of control so um a lot of like feelings of self-worth are surrounding eating yeah yeah behavior. you know something that i noticed over the years as a coach which took me i noticed it a long time ago and then it took me a long time to be able to act upon it was mm. i started noticing over the years that the people who progressed the most weren't and this maybe goes with the exception of people who train every day and are consistent for like years and years and then but like for the average right it wasn't always the, peop- the person who was coming in the most um and i started noticing that some people actually improved even though they had pretty irregular schedules mm. like they might only train once this week maybe twice mm-hmm. next week maybe mm-hmm. five times a week after that back to once the next week mm. then not the next week and versus people who were like training all the time and what i started noticing was realizing you know what, like I want it all to fit into this little like plan and I want to periodize things and I want it all to make sense, but it's it all adds up like and your training stimulus, like so much of it comes down to like the intention with which you're trying to get out of your training session. Mm. Um, and I started noticing that people who just, when they came in, they gave it everything they had and it doesn't always mean going hard. It just yeah. means that they paid attention, that yep. they were focused yep uh it, it's quality like, movement yeah yeah like focusing on that stuff they mm. did better than maybe some of the people who were in every day but then just didn't do the right things yep or never trained very hard mm. and i started it became really obvious to notice that it wasn't just the consistency mm. if the consistency wasn't very good yes um and i think it's the same thing with a lot of people in their training they think if they get really stuck in this sort of cycle where they are really concerned with losing something they've gained because what they feel mm. like what they've gained is so it's it, it's attached to their own worthiness yeah realizing that it's uh first of all there should be no attachment to the worthiness of the thing mm. you've gained and who you are they're separate things mm. um but secondly that it doesn't actually even matter that much in the grand scheme of things because mm. it, it all adds up like yeah if you're doing the right thing for the right yep. reason yeah yeah absolutely but navigating that is the hard the hard part you know like in theory theoretically yeah i get it it seems ridiculous to um have my self-worth attached to how many training sessions i do or how well i perform in the gym or how dedicated i am to my nutrition but it's like in the practical sense so many people also attach 
the image of themselves as that. So like I'm the fit friend and I'm the the gym junkie and like it's always conspiring to be that that story. And so when I if if I do something against that that goes against that I guess image, you know how will other people perceive me as well, including myself. So. Uh, it's like very like if you go down it's like very comp like eating behavior and exercise behavior can be very complex and I think um, yeah and then I think that sometimes people can bring it in and make it very simplistic without I guess like going like deeper or further I think that it happens a lot in like the health and fitness space like in people like getting coaches or whatever getting diet plans or like exercise plans without really knowing their clientele or like n like really knowing them um because anyone can follow a diet but not really because yeah i don't know there's just like there's a lot of comp like m internal struggles that yeah, could yeah, be happening course. in their head yeah. so yeah i think we slightly touched on this maybe last time but mm. the more that i work with people when it comes to nutrition the more i realize that so much of it is like storytelling and like who, yeah. who they think they are versus is like who they want to be yeah and absolutely in you know like maybe finding out where their m motivations are actually coming from mm. and maybe what triggers them or yes uh, you know noticing things that maybe trigger them into bad behaviors mm. you know like that's a huge thing i've noticed a lot with uh nutrition clients like people who uh, you know what often will happen is somebody comes in they they you know are very overweight and they they you know, they clearly have certain bad behaviors that um, are leading them to a, a place where they want to change the weight that they have. And they really struggle with, you know, noticing that or understanding why do they keep default. It's like a loop. Like mm. they make all the right decisions to a certain point and then they something happens and mm. then they fall back into these bad behaviors. Yeah. And noticing that it's, it. you know, I noticed I always give this analogy with like, um, I really like biscuits so <laughs> I, I talk about it like when you when you buy a packet of biscuits like mm. it's very tempting to go from there's a story you tell yourself when you eat one biscuit and then you say fuck it like i'll just yeah. eat the whole package yeah because yep. you literally think like there's this weird story in your head where you think like well i ate one so what's another 10 yeah because 11. then I can just, I'll just start again tomorrow it's fine yep. this is today is a write-off versus yeah. like a story where you where you don't like accept that, like that's mm. not, you know, we not even accepting it. Where it's just not even like it's not a part of the story. Yeah, it's not like you eat one and then it's like fuck it. It's like I will eat three and I will like and, I'll then, be I'll satisfied. and, then, I'll, and then I'll put the packet away. Yeah, because that's that you know that's yeah the intention of it. And s and so this middle ground, this is exactly that that um what what I would class as intuitive eating, and which <laughs> I always say is nothing intuitive about it because. Um, those kind of people are the usually the people that have never been influenced, influenced or affected or, you know, warped into diet culture. So even on that extreme and like the people that are binging or eating like the whole packet, that is still disordered eating behaviours. Um, like, fuck it, I'm going to have the whole thing. Like, because I can't, I physically feel like I can't stop. Like, I feel like I'm not in control to be able to say, to listen to my literally listen to my body and say you know what i've had two and i actually feel satisfied by that and i can i can physically put the packet away but something internally in them is saying oh if i have one then i can't stop and therefore once i start that's it i have to finish and there's like a lot of psychological things that are happening from there 
lots of things can be happening and it can be like a trauma response from like childhood, which I guess that's going real deep. Well, but I, yeah. You know, so w- this is the thing that I wanted to mention mm. earlier when you said uh, people's orientations with food. I didn't realize how much of, um, you know, like uh, people's eating. Like I, I try and go really deep now because I have mm. knowledge now on things that I didn't used to. But yeah. like now I'm like, did you grow up poor? Did you grow up rich? Yes. Like, well, w- you know, were, were you told like you need to eat all your food? Were you told like, because that will happen really often. Like yes. a lot of times, you know, and it, there's like a, I'm going to do a bad job of trying to, explain different subjects here but like socioeconomically if you're in like a you know worser socioeconomic position you're generally going to be at risk of um you know having a higher Mm. uh, obesity percentage uh than if you're in a higher socioeconomic Mm. area and there's a lot to that like you Mm. know um the types of food that are being fed there but also just the culture of like um you know like finish your plate yeah finish your plate try and make the most of like the food that is coming your way yeah and then people obviously their their circumstances change Mm. over time but then they still maintain this behavior that they would have had once upon a time yeah they might feel like they're not they people are often completely unaware that that oh wow like yeah Mm. i didn't realize that's that's how you grow up absolutely um a friend of mine has a really good um story about it and i often like to refer to it and she had this friend growing up who, you know, like if you got – like I was always told this too, like eat everything on your plate, like don't waste food. Um, and so I grew up with that without even thinking whatever like portion was on my plate I would finish. Um, and she would – she was in a similar situation. Uh, but a, f- a friend of hers, so slim and just so like didn't really care about dieting or anything, never really cared about food or nutrition, but also she like – would eat and there might be like one literally one or two bites left on that plate and she'd just put her like knife and fork down and be like i'm done i'm satisfied and my friend would always look over and be like how like you literally have two you're not gonna finish the plate there's like two bites on there like it she's like yeah i really enjoyed it but like i'm actually full i'm actually satisfied and this is just one of those people that were just naturally able to like listen to the internal cues are going on in their body which most a lot of people especially that have gone down like any type of dieting or any type of like trying to transform their body whether that's weight gain or weight loss um we have so heavily skewed that internal like dialogue that's happening or like the internal like system that's at play um because of this because we're like should we have more should we have less you know and there's all these like other narratives happening at the same time this woman was just so uninfluenced by that her whole entire life that she could just naturally be like i'm i'm finished and my friend would always be so perplexed by that because she grew up with this whole like scarcity response so you got given like don't waste food have the whole thing like you know, don't eat it up or like, you know, it's offensive to leave food on your plate, you know, as a culture. So just very interesting. Yeah, 100%. You mm. know, like another thing that I think has been, uh, I've probably thought about more recently and I've seen other people uh, talk about it, but we don't all have the same schedules that we used to. Mm. Like, and we're still ruled by like a breakfast, lunch and dinner scheme that's mm. really based on like one type of schedule and maybe one that doesn't really it's not one that everyone should follow because mm. not everyone's actually living that sort of life. Yes. Uh, and 
even just you know certain ideologies like I think the more the deeper you 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 look into um, nutrition and stuff like that, or I mean, it fr from my perspective anyway, uh, the more I've noticed, you know, like I remember once that there's a there's a song by uh, Connor Orvis. He's the lead singer from an indie band called Bright Eyes, and he has a line where he says, uh, "Clocks and calendars are just things that we make up to keep track of time." Yes, and. It's the same thing with like breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Like they're made up concepts. Like yes. they're not real things. We no. want we we give them power, and, and it's like you know there's a big push in general for like people to have breakfast, um, which I think I only just heard something the other day that was like an idea brought by like cereal companies and stuff like that, um, which makes heaps of sense. Yeah, um, makes sense. But yeah, like the, it's a made up thing, really. Like you need to eat in accordance to like what your body's kind of asking of you mm. and for some people yeah like breakfast yes. will be a huge part but yep. it doesn't have to be if it's no. like something that doesn't really fit in with your life and mm. it doesn't really make sense and you you're being told like eat this extra meal that you don't really feel like that you, you don't be feel eating. like yeah, yeah absolutely which is your body telling you like i don't need this food now yes exactly exactly um very true and also but on the flip side of that um is the i guess now the the very nuanced term of fasting or intermittent fasting which is basically just skipping breakfast um what are your thoughts about that actually oh let's my thoughts on that oh look i so like perp people purposely doing so like intentionally yeah. Yeah. and i understand some people like i unintentionally do so sometimes like my schedule has changed and then before you know it my first proper meal won't be till like 11 no, and i don't I'm, necessarily I'm do that on I'm purpose i'm very glad you've asked this mm. um okay I've realized, especially since I'm creating a lot of content now, I need to give my opinions on some of these things. Yeah, but and you have to, like, not be grey. No, no, <laughs> but I, and, I'll, and I'll, I'll explain this. So I think of a lot of these things the same way that I've thought about training for a long time. Mm. So I think I was really lucky years ago that I realized that, especially because I'm not a very structure-driven person, I realized that structure was not going to work for me when it came to, like, do this program on this week and then do this next. Like, I kind of... I heard um, I heard Rich Froning say like ten years ago. He said, "Lift heavy every day, get out of breath every day, and um, yeah, li lift heavy every day and get out of breath every day. Mm. And that's how you're going to get really fit." And mm -hmm. I remember hearing that and being like, "Okay, like, yep, lift heavy, get out of breath." And I remember just pulling that away and just realizing if I, as long as I'm lifting heavy and I'm not lying to myself about what heavy feels like, as long as I'm getting out of breath and I'm uh, pushing myself and the intensity is there. Um, and I'm doing, oh, that's right. And the other one was like, do something for a long period of time. Um, and long, as long as I'm doing some type of like longer endurance, endurance, uh, endurance based aerobic activity, I realized I'm going to keep improving and keep seeing results. Mm -hmm. Uh, but I also understand that that doesn't work for a lot of people because it, everybody's understanding of lifting heavy or being out of breath or pushing themselves is very subjective to themselves. Mm. So when I hear things like intermittent fasting, like I, I just want to like part of me wants to laugh because I'm like uh, people are funny that they need to like to be label told to, 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 to label it like you skipped you skipped yep. breakfast like yep. do you want an award for that? Mm. But I've also learned to understand that just because it doesn't fit in with my reality doesn't mean that it can't be helpful for yep. other people. Yep. Like for example, when I first got, when I first understood the concept of like how many calories you should eat to actually be at a deficit it it like it just made a lot of sense to me and it was like okay this is black and white mm. and 
that like it doesn't go beyond that point, mm. right? Mm. Um, but I remember like it's such a simple topic that people just cannot get their hand like their head around because they're not. I've realized not everyone's number driven. Yeah. Right. Like I don't consider myself very number driven, but mm. when I heard that, I was like, this makes sense, mm. right? Whereas some other people that are more like, um, uh, you know, maybe not like specifically like don't work well with numbers maybe do work better when they're being told like miss this portion for this yeah. part of the day yeah um some people like can do really well with intuitive eating mm. because they get told like eat more when you feel like eating more mm. eat less when you feel like eating less yeah um does that make sense yes yeah absolutely uh, so back to your point uh intermittent fasting um i think it can work for some people mm. um i think that uh I think use whatever tool works for you. And I think yeah. different tools work for different people. Mm. Um, I really hate, uh, for ex- I don't like the culture around powerlifting. Like it's very numbers driven. It's very like uh, percentage driven. Maybe, yeah. maybe two times when I don't think you should lift certain things. Your body doesn't feel like lifting them on those certain weeks. Yeah. Um, but for some people, like they really like it. They think about the numbers all week. They mm. can't wait to go up 5% of their program the next week. Mm. Um, whereas for me, like I can tell like some days I feel like significantly stronger. So I'm like, I feel like I should lift a bit more today. Yeah. On some other days, I feel like I'm not as strong as I was last yep. week, even though it might say on paper that I should do this. Yeah. Uh, so when it, maybe when it comes to training, I feel like I need to be go off by feel more. Mm. what are your thoughts on it like intuitive training yeah yeah and again each each their own absolutely and have people that like really thrive off um very specific programming um very percentage driven i'm like a like from a personal point um i'm kind of like this middle ground and i think part of me really enjoys the structure of um following say like a 12-week strength block um and just seeing I guess, yeah, I guess some kind of, pro- like, um, I guess some kind of progressive overload or, like, some kind of progression in that time. Um, but in saying that, um, I find that often, and um, usually there is, like, some kind of programming um, that there will be, like, some kind of deload or, like, a week where we just, like, there isn't part of a program. It's just, like, something different every day. And I think, for me, I need that as well as, like, a circuit breaker um, because almost having too much routine too much structure like gets in my head too and um sometimes i need that like it's okay you're not you're not not like a crossfit athlete like you can you can do like if you don't feel like it do something else and that's okay and like it's going to be fine if you do that um i need that like reminder too so i think like i'm in this sort of middle ground personally but again i think definitely like each their own some people love to you know, there's, like, two types of people that come to, like, a functional gym. The people that check the workout before and the people that rock up and go, oh, what's on the board today? Yeah. I'm the person that checks the night before, like, as soon as it's out. Okay, yeah. So, I think that's the, ki- that's the kind of people that you look, like, dealing with. Like, the people yeah. that have, like, I need to plan ahead and then the people that are, like, I don't mind what's on for the day. So, yeah. you know. No, no, I know what you mean. And mm. it's it's interesting that you brought that up. That mm. There's different kinds of people. I'm just trying to juggle things here. <laughs> Trying to set this up. There we go. Mm. Um, yeah, that's interesting. Yes, there are people who feel like they need to get as much control. And this probably goes back to the it's diet It's a control thing. thing. Yeah. yeah, definitely. So this goes back to what you were going to say. So we said nutrition <laughs> goes way, bro- yes. way, way further than way like, beyond what, okay. what um, like Way beyond what goes in your mouth. Absolutely. Okay. Yep. <laughs> On that point. Oh, yes. Is there like an oral fixation with people in like food? Is this like a thing? Yeah. 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 So, so do you might, would most people that or... Yeah, fuck it. Would most people that (laughs) struggle with um, 
like eating disorders to some extent. Is there like some sort of oral fixation? And if people don't know what that means, okay. I'm not being inappropriate here. What no, that oral fixation um, is a term coined by a psychologist, uh, Sigmund Freud, a long time ago. Um, but his concepts are whether you... Whether you believe them or not, like to to their full extent, there are elements that very much play into um, other theories in psychology a lot. Like he's a very big pioneer in the world of psychology. And he has come up with these developmental concepts that um, essentially, uh, I guess like a lot of what he believes is that any kind of trauma that you're living as an adult right now stems back to something that has happened in your childhood through your developmental years. So he's come up with these like sort of de developmental stages and um, believed that if there was some kind of trauma response that you're dealing with now, that it was something that wasn't addressed when you were growing up. So somebody that is without going to all of them, which don't test me, I can't remember them all in the exact order, but if you're orally fixated, Essentially, uh, it was a problem with, I guess, in in your feeding phase, you either like always needed to have something, you're either like always attached to something in your mouth or like really dis had a distaste for. So um, if someone was orally fixated, I guess so, they find a lot of pleasure with things that are coming into their mouth. So... I would almost say that eating disorders, not necessarily in that sense. If I was to put like a developmental stage on an eating disorder, and I'm saying like a typical a typical eating, there's lots of them, um, but say like an anorexia or bulimia, um, then they would be stuck in uh, the, I would almost say the anally retentive or anally ex um, expulsive stage. So um, people that are anally retentive, generally are like the control freaks and they need um, structure and routine and they get stuck in that and they need rigidity in their life and the annually expulsive are the people that are like very blasé and very um, whatever goes and like I can't really I don't really care to have control in my life and and therefore things can sort of like be thrown on the wayside because I'm not necessarily having enough structure in my life they're, they're on the extreme ends. So I think that people that are particularly anorexia is very common, um, would be very anally retentive. So extreme control, I can like control what I can control and therefore I will be very rigid about it. And same with bulimia, but the elements could also go into like anal expulsion. So I guess like I generally, and this is a very generalized way of explaining bulimia but um i guess eating a lot and feeling out of control that's a control like being lack of control with being anally expulsive um and therefore i need to remove and therefore come back to like ground zero of control yeah so yes mm, interesting but that's like yeah very extreme <laughs> freudian psychology is very dark <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, it's very, like, sexually driven. Very sexually driven, yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah no, I think so much of um, so much of eating disorders, are, yeah, they're, they're really highly complex. And, mm. I mean, whether we're going down to, like, developmental stages mm. of, of the human, uh, a lot of the issues that people will uh, struggle with are 100% things that often have nothing to do with what they're going through right now. Yeah. Um, you know, a, a really basic thing often with them um, that I've seen or noticed with 
uh, people who really struggle with self-control when it comes to eating is, um, you know, just being bored. Like they're bored in their life. Mm. Like they're, yep. they're bored in their life and they need a thing that provides them with pleasure and food is a very easy way to receive yes. pleasure. So they go for the thing that they know they can get pleasure from mm. because they are lacking pleasure in you know, other, other aspects, aspects of their yeah. life. Yeah. And, and I always give people the example of this. Like when you're really like enthralled in an activity. You forget. Don't yeah. You? Like if we, if we did this podcast has been engaging and if mm. it was to keep being engaging for eight hours, like mm. you wouldn't even think about food, right? Yeah, Maybe at I the end you would, but yeah. you'd be like, but if you're really engaged in the activity, mm. uh, yeah, like it's not the thing, but how often are people in a job that they don't, they're not happy with, they don't like, and they're just like looking for reasons to eat something so mm. they can create excitement or they're thinking about when their ne- next, next toilet break, is. Yeah, yeah. etc. Yeah, when's lunch? Procrastinating yeah. is also <laughs> common. Uh, yeah, um, it is definitely like instant gratification. That's what food is. And just like anything that's addictive, it's that like I get an instant dopamine hit or like, you know, pleasure hormones are signaled like instantly. Um, and I guess that's why people are always like searching for that, whether that's they can't find that necessarily in their own lives. Um then, yeah, they will seek alternative responses, which could be food. Yeah, of mm. course. Uh, mm. Another thing is, like, uh, you know, self-worth in general, like, you know, th- people's, uh, you know, ability to uh, feel like a certain way um, versus, uh, what am I trying to say? So something that happens on Instagram that mm. I think is really obvious to everyone who sees it, but uh, it still happens a lot, is uh, you'll get... And I feel like I feel like women do these things to each other that are always like a bit like catty like. Um, go on, uh, go on. So like girls, w- women, girls, I have noticed will often very fit women will pose and not look very look very in shape and say mm. YOLO have whatever you want to eat yeah and then be like yeah. looking perfect yeah and then <laughs> other women normal women mm. right feel really bad because mm. they're like well i don't look like that when i say yolo <laughs> <So, laughs> uh, do you know what i'm saying yeah yeah absolutely but the irony is right because to the to the average pundit scrolling mm. with their thumb like you know that the girl who's posting that picture has a self-worth issue which is why she's posting about it yes. to get like the attention from yes. the post yes like to feel the and look if if, if any one of like anyone who's on social media a lot probably has a self-worth thing, right? We're like looking for attention and Mm. validation and Mm -hmm. that's kind of the whole game of it. Mm. Um, But yeah, it's like, it's this ultimate irony that happens all the time. Mm. And I think a huge thing that people don't often think about when it comes to dealing with their their eating habits is addressing their self-worth, you know? And I wouldn't say, because I I wouldn't want to, put a negative connotation on it isn't like your self-worth issues but no. just addressing yeah. like what yeah. is your self-worth like yeah. you know and just taking the time to be like because this is the thing i've noticed so many times i've said this to a few different people so i have been a part of the gym culture for a long time and something mm. that often men will do is they go to the gym because they want to get bigger because mm. they think if they look bigger and they look muscular girls will like them mm. right and ironically what happens just more guys like them ironically <laughs> all that happens is that more dudes just start hitting on you and no like girls just don't care like yeah because it's not like some girls look at those veins i don't care yeah, yeah. but often what girls yeah. like is like confidence and mm. funny do you know like yeah. all these qualities that you could just actually get 
without ever going, going to lift to the a gym. weight. Yeah. yeah. Th- like there, there's almost no correlation, right? But yeah. man, just think like if I do the thing that's proactive and I've told people this, like, uh, you know, like I've started dancing like maybe a year and a half or two years ago and I've mm. noticed my, because uh, so much of dancing, especially if you're not good at it, is to learn to like let go of your ego mm. and like just be and like not take yourself so seriously. And, um, you know, like I've, that's probably been the one activity I've done that's actually genuinely boosted my confidence the most. Mm. But it's it's probably not the one that I think of as like, it's not the scariest one to tackle, but it's actually been the one the most helpful to boost confidence, if that makes mm. sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe more so than like combat sports or like you yeah. know, heavy lifting or whatever. And, mm. you know, it, in my head, every it's kind of reaffirmed this idea that you you are enough you know that's mm. the thing like realize that you are enough do things because you want to do them yeah but don't do them in pursuit of thinking that doing the thing will make you feel like enough because yep. often and we see how often do we see this people finish careers and then lose the plot because they realize oh like i achieved all the things and i'm still not happy yes absolutely and this is something that um is has come up several times in like a um, coaching space for me with people who generally women like like I get mostly women who will approach me about this kind of information or like just advice about like wanting to lose weight it's a big one of course um and my yeah my first response is always until you address like what's going on in your head you'll never you'll never be satisfied with the the weight loss that you may or may not achieve. So until you address what's going on in inside, like between your ears, your self-worth, your how you view yourself right now, regardless of the size that you are, is pretty much going to either help or hinder your ability to lose weight. And I think a big one was, I think, on a personal level, um, such a big one for me was um, walking or stepping through the space of uh, like bodybuilding, fitness modeling, all of that jazz, which uh, in time I was like in my early 20s at the time or even younger. Yeah, like really early 20s and um, super insecure, like super like needed to really work on m- what I thought of myself personally. That's, in, you know, in hindsight, that would have been the number one thing that I should have done. But turning that of like flipping that around I thought that the answer would be like if I could get as shredded as as possible and step on a stage in a bikini and show you know like I'll show them like I was this overweight like teenager like I'm going to show you that I can do this I'm going to show myself that I can do this and I remember I did it a few times but the second time I remember very distinctly stepping on that stage finishing this prep which was like absolute torture like it was really psychologically like I just I can't even fathom like some people can do and I just couldn't handle it (laughs) um just like emotionally I was not I was not emotionally prepared and not in I just didn't have good intentions about it like my goal was I feel like I'm gonna have self-worth if I do this because I'm gonna look a certain way that I think I'll be happy with and then I got there and I was still p- like picking myself apart. I still didn't feel like I was ready to get on stage. I still didn't feel like I was still comparing to the other girls and still going, well, I'm not as lean. I'm not as like, I don't look like her. 
and I got to the end and I wasn't even I wasn't even happy like I I realized like I got to the end and nothing had freaking changed in my head for six months I'd been dieting and training and like my entire life revolved around this I was tired and angry and like just such a moody bitch and I got to the end and I wasn't even happy and I constantly sort of like bring that back as a like a story that I tell people (laughs) because it all really boiled down to like what I thought of myself at the end of the day irrespective of the size that I was so yeah I always say when we work on the stuff in the inside then the outside will start to change too and it's I guess a slower process it's not necessarily like you know I'm gonna yeah I could lose the weight in six weeks but they're the people that are probably gonna gain it all back if they're not working on the the psych behind yeah I mean, mm-hmm. and the, I d- the thing that I really st- I mean I, I, st- I do I struggle to understand it is it's not like people don't know what to do no like people, nah, know, people know perfectly well what to do yeah and yeah but it's funny because you'll try and explain to people like we need to work on these you know esoteric concepts mm. like that are hard to grasp but will be the real life changer and that people seem very neglectful hesitant or have a lot of resistance to want to work on those things Mm. when those are the things that will actually make the actual change yeah instead of the things that you think will make the change but you know how how often does it happen it's the whole concept of yoga dieting like yes you do a thing that works really well but then you default back to habits that um you used to have comforting Yeah. yeah because you chose to do something that was too challenging which you know was too challenging at the yep. start yeah um but you it's like you can't sprint a marathon the, like exactly right exactly y- even right th- even the person who r- even the fastest marathon runner could sprint faster than he is yep. running that marathon absolutely so yeah but we just want to have this illusion that like maybe i'll be the one i'll be the exception to the rule and this i've seen this happen lots of times people have lost like mm. 30 40 kilos and then they go back 50 kilos yeah and you just go like, wow, like, and you, you can see, so much yeah, and you can see that, yeah. when people have that regression that they struggle to get to go past it again because they only got to this something because this is a scary thing that I don't think people realize sometimes. Some people lose weight just based on sheer willpower, and that's fine. But that sheer power, and that that sheer sheer willpower eventually ends; it mm, runs out, definitely. And then you need something else there. And if you haven't actually fixed the foundation of who you are, yep, then you will just you will go back Continue and it'll be even harder because yeah. now you don't have that shoe wheel power and yeah. now you have even more issues. Yeah, absolutely. And then you've got this like historical understanding of weight loss as being very, very challenging and very, very sac- – like you have to sacrifice so much and you can't have a life because you've gone so hard in and you have lost the weight and obviously evidence shows that you've lost the weight but it was just miserable – and you had no life and you had to eat bland shit food and like it worked but I was unhappy and then I lost the weight and then obviously uh, I'm done now and like you said the willpower runs out and you go back to habits that you formed because yeah you weren't really addressing the like foundational issues that were occurring uh, like psychologically and then gain the weight and then it's like, man, I would feel unmotivated to try and do that again too. Like, can you imagine just like gaining all that weight back and then saying, shit, if I want to lose weight again, I have to have no social life, eat chicken and broccoli and train like 20 hours a week, you know, which isn't the case if you were 
again, dealing, well, firstly, de- dealing with the internal, like, issues that were, like, really the reason why these habits were formed in the first place. But also the fact, like you're saying, like, people go gung-ho into diets. Like, they will they will do, they will change every single habit that they have and, uh, like, expect that it will be okay rather than like, okay, I'm just going to choose one or two things and then make that part of my lifestyle. I'll like going from like zero to hundred never, like I said, you can't sprint it. So no, a hundred percent. And this, mm-hmm. this is maybe like, this is my message that I think I want people to understand. Like I, f- I see that people want, people lose weight because they think that losing weight will bring them something. Often yeah. that thing is, uh, you know, maybe some of the basic human needs, right? Like happiness, love, can, like, like you know, people, you'll get intimacy, validation, yeah. yeah. Um, you know, security, like maybe mm. your job uh, opportunities will increase because mm. you'll be a more eligible yeah. prospect because you think that good looking, well, being yeah. more better looking gives you better p- uh, positions. But like, you can achieve like the thing that all those things achieve often, like which is that happiness component, like by like being happy rather than trying to. Like you have, you, you have the thing you need. Mm. You don't need to search for it. Mm. Like you just need to like, and you know, there's that, there's that beautiful quote, you know, happiness isn't having what you want. It's wanting what you have. And yes. until you like fully like accept that maybe you don't really, because this is the thing that I've noticed when people want to lose weight, like they lose weight. Yep. They'll do it. Like, yeah, that's the thing. It like will just happen almost not organically, but it's, it's not as it's not as like well, it's it's like gritty no, and yes, it's horrible like, as yes, it's and like miserable as it's made out. It's like yeah. a it's it's instead of running away from a problem, you're running towards a hundred percent. You know, instead of running away like I don't want to be fat, you're running towards like I want to be fit. Yeah, and it's like an exciting like yes, and it's like an add. It's an addition to your life rather than like I'm now subtracting and sacrificing. Um, that's so like a really important point I think because. Um, if you really like, and this is getting a little bit deep and woo-woo, but um, physical, like physical weight that we hold, often is a symbol of like internal, like like you feel the weight of like pressure of the world, like there's internal things that are going on, like weight that's weighing you down is like embodied in like our physical vessel. So until we address the internal, what's happening that the that physical weight is still going to weigh like bear us down and w- like what you're saying for people who maybe ha- are not following anymore there's all these <laughs> they're like this turn off there's all these like <laughs> but there's all these woo woo things that mm. have heaps of like you know if you if anyone's ever like gone deep into like the um you know analyzing pain like i mean i'm not sure if you know like if you're listening right now but as far as like research shows pain's like like it's almost not real. Like it's only as real as you make it out to be. Like there, there's no scale of pain. Like yeah, your, it's so subjective. Your isn't version it? of pain and my mm-hmm. version of pain could be very different, yep. and it could still be the same pain. Yep. Um, and what people don't often understand with injuries is like a lot of the times, uh, there's a very big correlation between like injuries or specific injuries and like certain traumas that people go through in life or yes. issues they have. Yeah. And it's so funny. Like it's almost it's always the same thing. Like you'll see it. I'll see it at the gym all the time. Like somebody mm-hmm. goes through like, is going through a hard issue in life and then 
their body will break down. Right? Honestly, every single injury that I ever get is like very correlated with a stress response that is happening in my like internal world, in my outside of gym world. And so it's often it's often a very an annoying but very timely reminder to me to slow down yep. because it's usually me trying to like go guns blazing, blazing on like something situational that's happening in my life and then f- my physical body will literally break down and go, nah, nah, girlfriend, like you need you need to slow down yeah. and like work this shit out. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and it's it's so like, it's so bizarre. Like mm. and if, you, if you've experienced like recurring injuries. Yes, like, recurring like, is a big or, one. Or, you know, a very big thing that happens to people is they get one injury and then that injury turns into a different injury and yep. it like, it's like it moves around the body. Yeah. Um, because like they haven't really fully addressed the yes, exactly. that it, that crux of the issue. Yeah, so they could have put a bandaid on it, and it kind of got okay, and then it like the injury also kind of got okay, and then something else compensated, and then it got injured because yeah. you didn't really deal with that. Yeah, yeah. And I rem- I remember on the last episode I might have shared that, um, or if I didn't, I went and seeked out a few different uh, gurus, like like Indian gurus for an issue that I had in my life at the time. And um, it just so happened at the time I I had been having a really bad back injury. Mm. Um, It's probably only just recently gotten good. Isn't that interesting? And it's probably like, I'm probably only just now recently good. And it's funny because sometimes like, I'll like, it's like, I can't believe that it doesn't hurt anymore. Like it used to, like it was so crippling. Mm. Uh, Like there's a little bit of the reminisce of it, but like, it's nothing to what it was like. I remember feeling like to the point that I have like a similar trauma with um, like going heavy on a back squat. Um, after a certain weight, my body just like yep. I put the weight on my shoulder and it's like my body is just like I get a bad feeling. Yep. Like I get a feeling of like get this off me, get this off mm. me. Um, and it's just because I hurt myself doing the back squat and there's this weird response to it. But I think a lot of it like at the time, like I was going through a certain issue. So... I think it's, you know, that whole triggering of your body just knows, like, you know, a trauma. So, uh, what is the psychological perspective on this? Like, trauma being a thing that gets stored in your body. Is there, like, a... Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. As you've ex- entirely, like, encapsulated that, it's just trauma is... Um, st- trauma is stored in the body, and, yeah, it can be, like, presented as, like, spiritual woo-woo sound, but the pain body, and that will come out um, through different mechanisms at at times when the body literally would tell you to slow down or like to to stop or to like okay like reconsider what you're doing and because you're I guess like numbing it with whatever coping mechanism that you're choosing so exercise is a really um, easy one to use as an example like people that will use exercise or training uh, as a coping mechanism as an escape route um, to not dealing with things that are happening in their internal world and so because you get again like food actually you get this like rush of dopamine um and you get this huge like you know that can endorphin rush that you get after exercise and like you feel invincible you feel really strong and powerful and and you kind of write you try and ride on that way for a while and obviously like naturally that that hormone will drop and then you kind of s- back to that sinking feeling you have to like deal with that internal thing that's happening in your head and you're like oh, okay let's just train again and then I'll keep keep that momentum going until you're exhausted and you have to fall asleep and like you keep going through that and so injury is a nice nice little way that the body will literally say hey no nah, like 
you are not dealing with this thing that's happening internally and I'm going to physically scream out to you and say, if you don't do this, I will, if you don't stop, I'll make you. Um, that's how I like to look at injury anyway. If you don't, if you don't stop, I'll make you. That's kind of what injuries yeah. are saying to you. Um, so yeah, stored, stored trauma. Um, and like from an eating perspective, similar. So, uh, like people binge eating is a trauma response from something that they haven't addressed. Same thing, dopamine hit, you get this instant gratification. And then it's very overwhelming. Uh, this is like usually like sense that people have when they have like binge eating, proper binge eating disorders is like they will eat and eat and eat to the point where it's like it's overwhelming. Like they cannot, they physically feel like it's not even euphoria, but like this sense of like lack of control that, yeah, they're just in this spiral uh, until they feel physically unwell. I've seen, I've seen this. I mm. have someone really close in my life who mm. um, like they're very in shape, but they I think grew up with a very strong culture of, eat everything in your in your mm. plate and they like they struggle to eat the food on their plate and but they like make themselves like almost to the point where they sick, look wow. sick like yeah. trying to finish it and I'm like that's super you don't interesting. have to do it I just recording no keep going yeah. yeah um yeah just like a cultural thing uh and so I think for my mom for example it was like a really big learning curve for her to realize that I had to reteach and and it really only worked out that way once I started like not living at home and all of that and coming back and and sort of she had to relearn that it was kind of like okay well just because she's not eating everything on the plate doesn't mean that she doesn't she's not grateful and it doesn't mean that she doesn't like the food and doesn't mean that she <laughs> it doesn't sway her love for you either you know she's still so like me as in she uh uh, you know, like your daughter still loves you even though there's a little bit left on the plate. Um, but she literally had to relearn that like behaviour response because that's something that she grew up with, you know. Like she came up with like in a communist like regime when she was growing up. So like this is what you get given. They didn't have that much money. Like this is the food that you're going to eat. Enjoy it. Have all of it because if you don't, it's like such an like a insult. Yeah. So, yeah. You know, I think about this all the time. I feel like it. I feel like it must be hard to be our parents mm. because, like, I have um, like I have pretty well educated parents who I will challenge with ideology all the time. Yeah, and like I can see the fight back, but often like they will meet in the middle or try and understand. And the world just has changed so much in the time they've been alive that they like really struggle to like keep up with it or you know and both my parents um, being immigrants so, you mm. know they have like a whole new culture to it like they've yes. had all these things to adapt to and I often think to myself like you know like I know I'm stretching things here but like and I you know I had this conversation with um, my mother the other day like I was trying to explain to her I'm like look like we know things now faster than we did before and yeah. like in, in and even like when I have a kid like they will know things even faster than I knew things which was mm. way faster than you do you know what I mean? Because the, yep. uh, the sharing of knowledge or how much we're able to consume or, uh, you know, ch check and review things is just increasing and it's getting mm. quicker and quicker and quicker. And it's uh, a lot of the times like we're, we're constantly being faced to change our beliefs and our ideologies. Maybe where in the past you, you didn't like you could have two, gener two generations where a lot of the ideologies and the beliefs were 
very similar and mm. maybe they change to some degree but not completely yeah. like they have in yeah and that kind of like is also that access into to information too and it's it's our ability now to not like we almost become like we feel like we can just become the experts in a field without necessarily having like a um like a qualification in it like we're like yeah we've got the power of the internet to be able to like absolutely dive into a topic and whereas they didn't and and i use the example of like you know back in the day you know like our parents generation they would go to the doctor and whatever the doctor said is gospel it was just like you don't question that like the go- the doctor's going to tell you that you've got xyz like you should take this you not even like going to look for a second opinion it's like okay that they're right because they're qualified and therefore we're going to glorify them mm-hmm. and nowadays it's like i go see a like gp i'm like yeah cool but like i've also like i've come in like armed with information like i'm like hey but like also i thought might maybe it's this or like i have all these symptoms and then i might get another opinion or like i might use webmd <laughs> and they would tell me that i'm dying well it's it's uh, you know it's it's kind of like this like in the past people would go to uh like a general physician for mm any sort of ailment that they might feel, right? Whereas now there's yeah. uh, like a high level of education realizing, you know what, if I'm if my knee is hurting and I go to the doctor, like they're probably not the most... Qualified ev- for this, yeah. They're yeah. probably not the most qualified person yeah. um, for this. And they're not, they're, mm. not meant, they're not meant to be. No, they're just I mean? supposed to be generalized and yeah, exactly. lead you in the right path. Right, yeah. Or it's the same thing with like a diet issue or, yeah. you know, all these different types of things, right? Mm. Like, um, which maybe can be the last topic that we can get into here. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, like... The amount of people that I know that go to a doctor because they that doctor is friendly to them and they're just happy to pr- happily prescribe them um what's it called that thing that drug that Do makes you, you wake what's it called? We Germ- lose germline. Germline. germline oh man I have I yeah I well I just I have so many problems with that I just can't it's like basically like here go have some speed it is, yeah exactly so um, um yeah this is my okay this a thousand issues with germine but here is one of them um i've taken it i know have I, you yeah Jesus. i've taken it i took it your side I've effects makes well, you okay. wired okay well this is the thing i took it for three days okay and this is why i had to stop taking it i wanted to kill myself i have not the best mental health at the best of times yeah so like um, there's like a predisposition oh and then it just like i literally being i remember after the first night i was like telling my partner at the time like i like i really want to k- kill myself right now like and they were like, you're going to feel fine tomorrow. Like, you know, like it's probably this thing, you know, blah, yeah. blah. And it it felt like having a hundred coffees and then having the down of that. Like I felt invincible at the start of the day. And yeah. then by nighttime, I was like, oh my goodness. Like I, how Did it I make you train different? Did you feel like you trained better? Um, Oh, I don't, look, I, 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 my heart rate spikes faster than i would like it to at the best of times and so it was just like so already high yeah so it was i didn't enjoy the training i, I feel like it's almost dangerous i almost want a downer for when it, when it comes to training i don't need yeah like yeah up. yeah you don't need to start with an elevated yeah, heart rate yeah, um, for sure yeah like um and that's just more like today for example in the partner like my natural speed is like high like when it comes to training, like mm. I don't have an issue with creating intensity. I yes. need like the opposite. I need to like create tranquilize. Yeah. <laughs> Legit. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's really interesting. But I think that germine itself is like appeals to the masses that don't necessarily want to like 
diet or exercise or like you know change their nutrition too much because your heart rate is so elevated like you're naturally burning through more energy in your day but just because like you're literally stressed all the time yeah. always stressed so like you're naturally gonna like be hyped uh and and therefore burn more like at rest burn more calories and then like yeah i i feel like it's almost a little bit dangerous to be like doing any kind of high intensity exercise on duramine where your heart rate is already starting at an elevated rate um so i that's what i mean like i feel like it's appealing to people well, that it, necessarily don't want to it's the magical pill and yeah you know, it, like we were talking about trauma being like um placed into the body i mean that's mm. what a heart attack is like it's yeah. the ultimate form of that that's so true it's like yes stress in your life yep this intangible thing mm. and then your heart if you have enough of it and your heart's like you know what that's it like yeah calling it a day i'm done yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's so true. Yeah. Like the heart attack is the ultimate, yep. um, you know. Sign uh, of stress. Yeah, yeah. Like yep. it's the ultimate form of like a trauma in your life that's affecting you to the point that it will end your life. Mm. Um, but no, the issue that I have with Duramine is that there's such a big culture around people who just, that's how they lose weight. They get on Duramine. They, cause, I'm so cause naive. I literally, I'm just like, what do you mean people do this? Like, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. People like... Which, I, know. I think we've had this conversation like thing, in a personal yeah. way. Like, yeah, there's a lot of people on drugs in the gym. I'm like, what? <laughs> <laughs> no one's taking steroids. <laughs> That's another podcast That's topic. Another podcast. <laughs> uh, yeah, like 100%. Yeah, because it blocks... Because it, it also blocks your appetite. That's right. That, yes. That, that, that's the other thing. People mm. just... So... And then it slows down your metabolism. And then it fucks your hormones. Because once also, you get off, it's yeah. like... Yeah, and then people put on more weight than they yeah. do. So then they think, oh, I need to go on it again. Yes. And some people will only train when they're in Germine because they feel like there's no purpose to training when they're not on it because they don't see as good a results. Mm. It's kind of like having steroids, but like prescribed. Like not yeah. steroids. It's kind of like clenbuterol, but like yeah. prescribed. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah, yeah cool. Yeah. That's, that's crazy. It, it's a crazy world we live in. It is a crazy world. How come that's legal? And no, that's a totally different topic. Let's <laughs> not go down that role for that. Yeah, it's um, fine. Yeah, no, I think um, okay. I think in general we just live in a really uh, a quick gratification type society. Super. Um, yeah. And I think so. This is the thing, and this is something that I heard today, which is a good story that I'll try and share. Um, I think it's called having like a a gardener's mentality. So, if you were to create a garden, mm. you would you know, do the soil, etc., and then you'd plant some seeds mm. and you wouldn't, uh, you'd water the seeds and you wouldn't keep checking on it every hour to see if something's changed, right? Like, yep. you would need to wait quite a while, like weeks, months, depending on something, like years yep. for it to give you the harvest that you want. Mm. Um, and I think a lot of the times people just need to have that approach when it comes to their training. Mm. Like, this is, a this is a real conversation that people will have to me all the time. And this is what I want to say to them versus what I do say to them. <laughs> but we run 28-day challenges. Yep. I don't love running 28-day challenges. I'm, I will be honest about that. But it just it's just become culture that that's how people sign up to a gym. They see yeah. a challenge and then they're like, I'm going to sign up to the gym now. So it's just become something that in the fitness culture uh, yep. we have to do to get people people come in and they'll be like, how much can I lose, right? And, you know, like, I'll give like, I'll generally give this term, right? Like between two and five kilos for like yep. a, a normal female if they have like yep. maybe 20, 30% excess body fat. Mm -hmm. um, and they will, often those same people will say, oh, like, is that all? And I just, I really want to say like, look, if you actually lost five kilos of fat, you would have to change your whole wardrobe. You'd feel like fucking awesome. Mm. 
like and also you, you've taken like 10 years to put on all this extra weight like it's not going to go away yeah. in 28 days like yeah. even if you do lose it it's probably not all, like it's not going to be all fat no do you know what I mean yeah. like it's like this is just getting you this is like this is you setting the soil on the ground yes. yep. do you know what I mean like you got to yep. fucking water that garden for like a year yep. two years you know like yep. maybe longer like yep. I don't know where you're kind starting from kind of your whole life yeah do you know what I mean to like, stay like yeah. in shape you know what I mean like yeah, yeah. <laughs> Not to sound negative, guys. <laughs> there is no end to the journey. Uh, yeah, I think we definitely live in a society where we want instant results. And I think I always like to bring it back to, and it's super hard to sell this, but uh, when you are in that like realm of like, say, weight loss is your goal, um, looking for the for the for like being grateful for the now, which we talked about earlier. Um, but like finding gratitude in the day to day. So like the quick wins that you are getting is like you might sleep better. Like you're probably sleeping way better than you were before you were exercising. You probably un it's probably easier for you to drink more water. Okay. You might have been struggling to hit two liters and now it's like because you're actually thirsty from training, like you you want to drink more water. That's a win. Like the fact that like you feel you have energy to like play with your kids or whatever. Like that should be a win. Um, they're these little things that I think kind of get dismissed on the journey because you're always like, oh, well, I, like once I lose 20 kilos, I'll be happy. But there's just, there's so many things that are happening that I think people need to celebrate more than they do and like give themselves more accolades along the way because otherwise this is not fun it's not really fun to just be like oh, i'm slaving away and it's just like it's finding the quick wins like and that's why i'm such an advocate for someone to, like people finding skill-based or performance-based sport to be the vessel that helps like fuel the the weight loss journey so like not necessarily being everything but finding things that like could improve your skill in something that you're interested in will make things much more fun because then you can start doing things like I got my first like pull up and that's exciting and that's something yeah, yeah. that can be a quick win yeah, 100%. along the way. So You know, like yeah. I always, uh, this is a conversation that I have all the time just to see if anyone ever takes me up on it and they <laughs> often don't and these same people are the ones that struggle to lose weight but I often tell people like if you want to lose weight, go run a marathon. Yeah. Because you probably can't right now. You probably can't run. No. You probably don't I don't like think running. I could even run 42Ks at the moment. But if but you pursued that journey, yes, like definitely. you will be the person mm. that you want to be along. But th you know what? It wouldn't even matter because you're pursuing a journey. You're pursuing like a, posi a positive thing where you're yep. going to, you know, become faster, learn how to run, you know, tick off goals, like be mm. able to enter competitions, yep. do well at them. And then by the end, you know what? You Your body has to match what that thing is at some stage and it will mm. um, rather than just trying to change your body without yeah, the Yeah, it becomes like the byproduct of what you're exactly, doing. Exactly, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And and when like the focus doesn't necessarily be like everything that I'm doing is only based on weight loss, then yeah, things are going to be much more fun along the way and it becomes the byproduct rather than being the sole product of what you're doing. Like, you know, exercising just to burn X calories. Like, of course that's unmotivating. Like I see these people in Globo gyms like slaving away on a cross trainer every like day for an hour. Like how freaking boring. Like how freaking boring that you can't like go outside and like and go for a hike. You're burning calories too, but it's much more enjoyable yeah. and like much more like, I don't know, mentally stimulating and it becomes – and then, you know, other things become like, oh, I can check out this hike I haven't done before and this one's a bit more challenging and, and I should try it out. 
And then the weight loss part, like the calorie burning is a byproduct. It just happens along the way. So, yeah. 100%. (sighs) Big things. Thank you for Mm. coming on today, Joe. Thanks for letting me ramble. We did a good (laughs) 17 minutes again. There we go. Uh, if people want to find you, where can they do so? Uh, Instagram at Joe Turek. And on the podcast, you can't say that cool. as well. Um, if you'd like to follow me, guys, you can do so at the uh, podcast, um, Instagram, Better You Project Podcast. Um, or you can follow me at Raul CFDU on Instagram. Uh, like always, guys, thank you very much for tuning in today. Thank you, Joe, for coming on board. And, thank um, you. Yeah. Uh, hey, go listen to up? the podcast We're if back. you haven't yet. Again, guys. Again, peace. Your podcast got released today. Yes, I yeah. actually just had a chance to have a look and yeah. I was like, sweet. There you go. Now you can listen to me again, <laughs> everyone. Um, so, how's your trip been? Um, it, has been it has been good. It has been very wholesome and it's always very wholesome when I come back home. Um, and Lazy is a bad word to use, but I, I like stop caring about seeing like touristy things and I just hang out and fully embrace like living at home <laughs> you know yeah just like I think that's a big adulting I think that's a big thing with um with people in general when they go on holidays mm. that they I think there's two types of holidays there's go and be active more so than you are in your normal everyday life mm. holiday and then there's an actual holiday where mm. you go and do nothing so yeah uh, yeah, you're probably embracing the second kind. Um, yes, I wouldn't say it was like too like how, again, lazy is not a good word to no, use because no, I fully probably, embrace athlete <laughs> lifestyle when I'm here. Yeah. Um, but I also, but I know what you're saying. Like yeah. for you, that's like relaxing and yeah. <laughs> for me, that's not doing yeah doing things. It's nourishing to your soul. It is. Um, and also, like I come here, like I'm pretty much laugh about the fact that I'm flying flying out here to Adelaide. And so I, what am I going to say? I lived here my whole life. So I feel like that pressure of like having to, to actually embrace like a, you know, like sightseeing holidays. Oh, I don't really need to do that. So I fully just chill. Yeah. No, it's good. <laughs> um, so I had, today's workout was really hard. It, yeah. Yep. I loved it. I freaking loved it. I I you did. Often, <laughs> often don't get to go with partners for partner awards because people don't want to partner with me. But because um, <laughs> I'm well, weirdly, I, I, weirdly I, I, workhorsey. I hundred percent think that <laughs> happened today, and then I got stuck <laughs> with you. <laughs> wow. Okay. Nah. I, saw you and I was like, cool. No, yes, no, no, no. It was, it was fine. Um, yeah. No, no. Today, today was fine. Um, I just don't speak during the workout. I think people realize, and then they they go, "Well, she's like, she looks angry." I just don't like to no, talk no, at no, the no, same no. time. I feel like we're on the same. Yeah. Vibe cool. I'm it. glad that we're on the same. Yeah. Vibe. I did thought it, so. Did it seem? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, like yeah. I, I'm very competitive I thought so. in, in nature. And so then, as soon as it starts, and now you brought it up, and I was like, oh, okay, no, maybe. No, 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 I'm very competitive. <laughs> yeah, like, cool, it's, cool, it's cool. almost sometimes why. Yeah, this is why the, so, the partner workout doesn't work because they're almost too competitive, yes, you know, yeah. unless and someone's on the same level. And it's not about, um, you know, like when you're the partner, like I'm mm. not feeling like competing with you, but no. I feel like I have to compete against myself harder. Yes, and you I'm feel like you have to keep up almost. Like you yeah. have to, I'm like, I don't want to, I don't want to like let down that yeah. side of the team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. of course. Mm. Um, so <laughs> I always find them a lot. I find partner workouts way more difficult. And I don't know, I just find that people never go at the rhythm that I want to go at. Yeah. Like people, yeah. I feel like people are always going way faster than I think yes. I would want to be going. I think it's this like, <laughs> again, I think this is like, especially at the beginning, because 
and and if if you don't haven't like trained with that person before or like haven't for a long time like you don't really know like their pace they were always like like just level up their pacing a little bit at the start because they're like i don't want to let you down but like then inadvertently the other person's like no you, you're allowed to slow like in their head they're yeah, like slow yeah. down seriously i'm fine with it yeah but you think that other person's like come on like hurry the, yeah, no, like, i know hurry up. i love it when people slow down <laughs> and partner work i know i'm like oh thank god i wanted to have a break too <laughs> yeah and I know. That, it's actually the best because yeah. then you don't have to be the one there's asking no pressure for the break. yeah, yeah. you're yeah. not given the break yep. oh, yep. Yep. you're just waiting for someone to like have the break and you're like oh now it's okay yeah. like seriously i don't i don't blame you and i wanted to have the break and 100%. now now it's like not weird yeah i know stupid crossfit things <laughs> um so i wanted to get you on the podcast today to mm. one you were a good guest last time and thanks <laughs> like the sound of my own voice apparently and secondly uh yeah i wanted to talk about like eating disorders mm. and just maybe uh behaviors that are uncommon that people might have mm. i don't know what the right political psychological yeah, term uh, yeah is for that. i i understand what you're saying so I, yeah disordered behaviors yeah, I would say I like to use the term disordered um, thoughts and behaviours around food, exercise and stuff because not everything is necessarily diagnosed eating disorder. Mm, but I think that a lot of people have and are very um, subject to falling down like a rabbit hole of disordered thoughts and behaviours around food, exercise, diet, yeah. etc. I find it so interesting that when it comes to the topic of fitness and mm. eating, mm. people are so extremist about it. Like people are either on a couch with Tim Tam, Tim -tam crumbs on their stomach mm. from watching too much maths mm. and eating too many snacks, mm. or they're like exercising too much. Mm. Like there's like there's a very very vacant middle ground. I and finding the grit and the grace is probably the most challenging part of. Um, like the health and fitness journey, like finding that middle ground where like you, yeah, I think that you're absolutely right. There's so much extremist views around one end or the other. And um, I kind of like, yeah, see a lot happening around holidays, holiday seasons. So Easter's just been, and um, yeah, everyone would have had a few more chocolate, chocolate, treats or like treats in general like you probably had some days off and um you probably eaten a bit more had been a bit more social gotten easter eggs and therefore feel like you've needed to eat like all of them at one go and have them finished by monday public holiday um so they're not in the house and also like i guess then there's um i feel like there's two types of people around here that that are kind of like polarized in their sense that like one of them will be like fuck it i'm just gonna have all of them and enjoy let it go next tomorrow's new day that's like the most healthy way by the way and i don't meet many people in my like realm that have that kind of mentality just go that are like guilt-free and like yeah. happy to just be like cool like i'm gonna have this enjoy it and like let it go and i heard i heard the best thing yesterday mm -hmm. i was um down like a motivational youtube Rabbit no, hole. Down the hole. And um, this one guy, he was like a motivational speaker. He was like a somebody who had been homeless and mm. you know really fucked up his life, and then came back and he said, "No matter where you're at in life, know that you can completely fuck everything up, and you can come back and like you can fix it all." Mm. You know, like, and he kind of gave an example of like you could do the worst things to your diet, and you know, like, there's been the person who's lost all the weight and come back. Like, you could 
make all the wrong like career choices and if you give it enough time like you can get your career sorted again or you know you just gave lots of these types of examples and I was like you know that's so true like it's such a empowering thing because mm. I think a lot of people that fall down into the extremes of especially nutrition where you get into a lot of bad eating habits where you think you give a lot of power to food yes. and you think that this one decision will ruin your yep. day or your potential life. Mm. Uh, there's so much power in knowing that like, you know, it doesn't matter what happens on Christmas day or mm. yesterday, like really yes. in the grand scheme in of the it. larger scheme. Yeah, yeah. It's a flash in the pan. And that's so true. It's, it's kind of like letting food be the controller. And um, a lot of that kind of surface, like, boils down or fizzles down to um, it's not necessarily the food or or whatever it might be and it's kind of um, the attachment of like my worthiness around uh, eating or like can I have do I have the discipline to to you know restrict x calories or not have the easter eggs or whatever it might be and then attachment to my self-worth so if I overeat, therefore I'm a bad person or therefore I am lack discipline or motivation when that's not like the, the case at all and like we're all human and it's entirely normal to do that and it's entirely normal to indulge or enjoy or have pleasure around food and not like food is not necessarily always fuel, just fuel. Um, but there's that feelings of like self-worth that are so like deeply rooted into eating behaviour and even exercise behaviour, like missing a workout, therefore I'm a bad person, I'm not motivated, I'm, I'm doing all my hard efforts because I miss this one day or I, I can't control, like it's this mentality of like if I start then I can't stop, I have this lack of control. So um, a lot of like feelings of self-worth are surrounding eating yeah, yeah. behaviour. You know, something that I noticed over the years as a coach, which took me, I'd noticed it a long time ago and then it took me a long time to be able to act upon it was mm. I started noticing over the years that the people who progressed the most weren't, and this maybe goes with the exception of people who train every day and are consistent for like years and years and then, but like for the average, right, it wasn't always the, the person who was coming in the most. Um, and I started noticing that some people actually improved even though they had pretty irregular schedules. Mm. Like they might only train once this week, maybe twice mm -hmm. next week, maybe mm -hmm. five times a week after that, back to once the next week, mm. then not the next week. And versus people who were like training all the time. And what I started noticing was realizing, you know what? Like I want it all to fit into this little like plan and I want to periodize things and I want it all to make sense. But it's it all adds up like and your training stimulus, like so much of it comes down to like the intention with which you're trying to get out of your training session. Mm. Um, and I started noticing that people who just, when they came in, they gave it everything they had. And it doesn't always mean going hard. It just yeah. means that they paid attention, that yep. they were focused. Yep. Uh, it, Quality like, movement. Yeah. yeah like focusing on that stuff. They mm. did better than maybe some of the people who were in every day, but then just didn't do the right things yep. or never trained very hard. Mm. And I started, it became really obvious to notice that it wasn't just the consistency mm. if the consistency wasn't very good. Yes. Um, and I think it's the same thing with a lot of people in their training. They think if they get really stuck in this sort of cycle where they are really concerned with losing something they've gained because what they feel mm. like what they've gained is so, it's, it, it's attached to their own worthiness. Yeah. Realizing that it's 
uh, first of all, there should be no attachment to the worthiness of the thing mm. you've gained and who you are. They're separate things. Mm. Um, but secondly, that it doesn't actually even matter that much in the grand scheme of things because mm. it, it all adds up. Like, yeah. if you're doing the right thing for the right yep. reason. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But navigating that is the hard, the hard part. You know, like in theory, theoretically, yeah, I get it. It's, it seems ridiculous to um, have my self worth attached to how many training sessions I do or how well I perform in the gym or how dedicated I am to my nutrition but it's like in the practical sense so many people also attach the image of themselves as that so like I'm the fit friend and I'm the the gym junkie and like it's always conspiring to be that that story and so when I if if I do something against that that goes against that I guess image you know how will other people perceive me as well including myself so uh, it's like very like if you go down it's like very comp like eating behavior and exercise behavior can be very complex and I think um, yeah and then I think that sometimes people can bring it in, and make it very simplistic without I guess like going like deeper or further I think that it happens a lot in like the health and fitness space like in people like getting coaches or whatever getting diet plans or like exercise plans without really knowing their clientele or like n like really knowing them um because anyone can follow a diet but not really because yeah i don't know there's just like there's a lot of comp like m internal struggles that yeah, could yeah, be happening course. in their head yeah. so yeah i think we slightly touched on this maybe last time but mm. the more that i work with people when it comes to nutrition the more i realize that so much of it is like storytelling and like who, yeah. who they think they are versus is like who they want to be yeah and absolutely in you know like maybe finding out where their m motivations are actually coming from mm. and maybe what triggers them or yes uh, you know noticing things that maybe trigger them into bad behaviors mm. you know like that's a huge thing i've noticed a lot with uh nutrition clients like people who uh, you know what often will happen is somebody comes in they they you know are very overweight and they they you know, they clearly have certain bad behaviors that um, are leading them to a, a place where they want to change the weight that they have. And they really struggle with, you know, noticing that or understanding why do they keep default. It's like a loop. Like mm. they make all the right decisions to a certain point and then they something happens and mm. then they fall back into these bad behaviors. Yeah. And noticing that it's, it. you know, I notice I always give this analogy with like, um, I really like biscuits so <laughs> I, I talk about it like when you when you buy a packet of biscuits like mm. it's very tempting to go from there's a story you tell yourself when you eat one biscuit and then you say fuck it like i'll just yeah. eat the whole package yeah because yeah. you literally think like there's this weird story in your head where you think like well i ate one so what's another 10 yeah or because 11. then i can just i'll just start again tomorrow it's fine yeah. this is today is a write-off versus yeah. like a story where you well, you don't like accept that. Like that's mm. not, you know, we not even accepting it where it's just not even like, it's not a part of the story. Yeah. It's not like you eat one and then it's like, fuck it. It's like, I will eat three and I will like, and, I'll then, I'll and, then, I'll, and then I'll put the packet away. Yeah. Cause that's, that, you know, that's yep. the intention of it. And, s and so this middle ground, this is exactly that, that, um, what, what I would class as intuitive eating and which <laughs> I always say is nothing intuitive about it because um, those kind of people are the usually the people that have never been influenced, influenced or affected or 
you know, warped into diet culture. So even on that extreme and like the people that are binging or eating like the whole packet, that is still disordered eating behaviours. Um, like, fuck it, I'm going to have the whole thing. Like, because I can't, I physically feel like I can't stop. Like, I feel like I am not in control to be able to say, to listen to my, literally listen to my body and say, you know what, I've had two and I actually feel satisfied by that and I can I can physically put the packet away. But something internally in them is saying, oh, if I have one, then I can't stop and therefore once I start, that's it, I have to finish. And there's like a lot of psychological things that are happening from there. Lots of things can be happening and it can be like a trauma response from like childhood, which I guess that's going real deep. Well, but I, yeah. You know, Backs, uh, w- this is the thing that I wanted to mention mm. earlier when you said uh, people's orientations with food. I didn't realize how much of, um, you know, like uh, people's eating. Like I, I try and go really deep now because I have mm. knowledge now and things that I didn't used to. But yeah. like now I'm like, did you grow up poor? Did you grow up rich? Yes. Like, well, w- you know, were, were you told like you need to eat all your food? Were you told like, because that will happen o- really often. Like yes. a lot of times, you know, and it, there's like a, I'm going to do a bad job of trying to, explain different subjects here but like socioeconomically if you're in yes. like a you know worser socioeconomic position you're generally going to be at risk of um you know having a higher mm. uh, obesity percentage uh than if you're in a higher socioeconomic mm. area and there's a lot to that like you mm. know um the types of food that are being fed there but also just the culture of like yes. um you know like finish your plate yeah, finish like your plate don't waste try and food. make the most of like the food that is coming yep. your way yeah and then people obviously their their circumstances change mm. over time but then yep. they still maintain this behavior that Absolutely. they would have had once upon a time yeah they might feel like they're not they people are oft- often completely unaware that that oh wow like yeah mm. i didn't realize that's that's how you grow up absolutely um a friend of mine has a really good um story about it and i often like to refer to it and she had this friend growing up who, you know, like if you got, like I was always told this too, like eat everything on your plate, like don't waste food. Um, and so I grew up with that without even thinking whatever like portion was on my plate, I would finish. Um, and she would, she was in a similar situation. Uh, but a, f- a friend of hers, so slim and just so like didn't really care about dieting or anything, never really cared about food or nutrition, but also she like would eat and there might be like one literally one or two bites left on that plate and she'd just put her like knife and fork down and be like i'm done i'm satisfied and my friend would always look over and be like how like you literally have two you're not gonna finish the plate there's like two bites on there like it she's like yeah i really enjoyed it but like i'm actually full i'm actually satisfied and this is just one of those people that were just naturally able to like listen to the internal cues that are going on in their body which most a lot of people especially that have gone down like any type of dieting or any type of like trying to transform their body whether that's weight gain or weight loss um we have so heavily skewed that internal like dialogue that's happening or like the internal like system that's at play um because of this because we're like should we have more should we have less you know and there's all these like other narratives happening at the same time this woman was just so uninfluenced by that her whole entire life that she could just naturally be like i'm i'm finished and my friend would always be so perplexed by that because she grew up with this whole like scarcity response so you got given like don't waste food have the whole thing like 
you know, don't eat it up or like, you know, it's offensive to leave food on your plate, you know, and it's a culture. So just very interesting. Yeah, 100%. You mm. know, like another thing that I think has been, uh, I've probably thought about more recently and I've seen other people uh, talk about it, but we don't mm. all have the same schedules that we used to. Mm. Like, and we're still ruled by like a breakfast, lunch and dinner scheme that's mm. really based on like one type of schedule and maybe one that doesn't really it's not one that everyone should follow because mm. not everyone's actually living that sort of life. Yes. Uh, and even just, you know, certain ideologies, like I think the more, d- the deeper you, you, you look into um, nutrition and stuff like that, or I mean, it fr- from my perspective anyway, uh, the more I've noticed, you know, like, I remember once that there's a, there's a song by uh, Connor Orbis. He's the lead singer from an indie band called Bright Eyes. And he has a line where he says, our clocks and calendars are just things that we make up to keep track of time. Yes. And it's the same thing with like breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Like they're made <laughs> up concepts. Like yes. they're not real things. We no. want we we give them power and, and it's like, you know, there's a big push in general for like people to have breakfast. Um, which I think I only just heard something the other day that was like an idea brought by like cereal companies and stuff like that. Um, which makes heaps of sense. Yeah. Um, makes sense. But yeah, like the, it's a made up thing, really. Like you need to eat in accordance to like what your body's kind of asking of you mm. and for some people yeah like breakfast yes. will be a huge part but yep. it doesn't have to be if it's no. like something that doesn't really fit in with your life and mm. it doesn't really make sense and you you're being told like eat this extra meal that you don't really feel like that you, you don't be feel eating. like yeah, yeah absolutely which is your body telling you like i don't need this food now yes exactly exactly um very true and also but on the flip side of that um is the i guess now the the very nuanced term of fasting or intermittent fasting which is basically just skipping breakfast um what are your thoughts about that actually oh let's my thoughts on that oh look i so like perp- people purposely doing so like intentionally yeah. and yeah. i understand some people like i unintentionally do so sometimes like my schedule has changed and then before you know it my first proper meal won't be till like 11 no, and i don't I'm, I'm necessarily do that on I'm, purpose i'm very glad you've asked this mm. um okay I've realized, especially since I'm creating a lot of content now, I need to give my opinions on some of these things. Yeah, but and you have to, like, not be grey. N- no, no, <laughs> but I'll, and, I'll, and I'll, I'll explain this. So I think of a lot of these things the same way that I've thought about training for a long time. Mm. So I think I was really lucky years ago that I realized that, especially because I'm not a very structure-driven person, I realized that structure was not going to work for me when it came to, like, do this program on this week and then do this next. Like, I kind of... I heard um, I heard Rich Froning say like 10 years ago, he said, lift heavy every day, get out of breath every day, and um, yeah, li- lift heavy every day and get out of breath every day. Mm. That's how you're going to get really fit. And I mm-hmm. remember hearing that and being like, okay, like, yep, lift heavy, get out of breath. And I remember just pulling that away and just realizing if I, as long as I'm lifting heavy and I'm not lying to myself about what heavy feels like, as long as I'm getting out of breath and I'm uh, pushing myself and the intensity is there, um, and I'm doing, oh, that's right. And the other one was like, do something for a long period of time. Um, and long, as long as I'm doing some type of like longer endurance, en- endurance, uh, endurance based aerobic activity, I realized I'm going to keep improving and keep seeing results. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I also understand that that doesn't work for a lot of people because it, everybody's understanding of lifting heavy or being out of breath or pushing themselves is very subjective to themselves. Mm. So when I hear things like intermittent fasting, like I, I just want to, like part of me wants to laugh because I'm like, 
people are funny that they need to like to be label told to, 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 to label it like you skipped fre- you skipped yep. breakfast like yep. do you want an award for that mm. but i have also learned to understand that just because it doesn't fit in with my reality doesn't mean that it can't be helpful for yeah. other people yep. like for example when i first got, when i first understood the concept of like how many calories you should eat to actually be at a deficit it it like it just made a lot of sense to me and it was like okay this is black and white mm. and that like it doesn't go beyond that point mm. right mm. um but i remember like it's such a simple topic that people just cannot get their hand like their head around because they're not i've realized not everyone's number driven yeah right like i don't consider myself very number driven but mm. when i heard that i was like this makes sense mm. right whereas some other people that are more like um uh you know maybe not like specifically like don't work well with numbers maybe do work better when they're being told like miss this portion for this part of the day yeah um some people like can do really well with intuitive eating Mm. because they get told like eat more when you feel like eating more Mm. eat less when you feel like eating less yeah um does that make sense yes yeah absolutely Uh, so back to your point uh intermittent fasting um i think it can work for some people Mm. um i think that uh I think use whatever tool works for you. And I think yeah. different tools work for different people. Mm. Um, I really hate, uh, for ex- I don't like the culture around powerlifting. Like it's very numbers driven. It's very like uh, percentage driven. Maybe, yeah. maybe two even times when I don't think you should lift certain things. So your body doesn't feel like lifting them on those certain weeks. Yeah. Um, but for some people, like they really like it. They think about the numbers all week. They mm. can't wait to go up 5% of their program the next week. Mm. Um, whereas for me, like I can tell like some days I feel like significantly stronger. So I'm like, I feel like I should lift a bit more today. Yeah. On some other days, I feel like I'm not as strong as I was last yep. week, even though it might say on paper that I should do this. Yeah. Uh, so when it, maybe when it comes to training, I feel like I need to be go off by feel more. Mm. what are your thoughts on it like intuitive training yeah yeah and again each each their own absolutely and have people that like really thrive off um very specific programming um very percentage driven i'm like a like from a personal point um i'm kind of like this middle ground and i think part of me really enjoys the structure of um following say like a 12-week strength block um and just seeing I guess, yeah, I guess some kind of, pro- like, um, I guess some kind of progressive overload or, like, some kind of progression in that time. Um, but in saying that, um, I find that often, and um, usually there is, like, some kind of programming um, that there will be, like, some kind of deload or, like, a week where we just, like, there isn't part of a program. It's just, like, something different every day. And I think, for me, I need that as well as, like, a circuit breaker um, because almost having too much routine, too much structure, like gets in my head too. And um, sometimes I need that, like, it's okay. You're not, you're not an at, like a CrossFit athlete. Like you can, you can do, like, if you don't feel like it, do something else and that's okay. And like, it's going to be fine if you do that. Um, I need that like reminder too. So I think like I'm in this sort of middle ground personally, but again, I think definitely like each to their own. Some people love to you know, there's, like, two types of people that come to, like, a functional gym. The people that check the workout before and the people that rock up and go, oh, what's on the board today? Yeah. I'm the person that checks the night before, like, as soon as it's out. Okay, yeah. So, I think that's the, ki- that's the kind of people that you look, like, dealing with. Like, the people yeah. that have, like, I need to plan ahead. And then the people that are, like, I don't mind what's on for the day. So, yeah. you know. No, no, I know what you mean. And mm. it's, it's interesting that you brought that up. That mm. There's different kinds of people. I'm just trying to juggle things here. <laughs> Trying to set this up. There we go. Mm. Um, 
Yeah, that's interesting. Yes, there are people who feel like they need to get it's much control. And this probably goes back to the it's diet It's a control thing. thing. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So this goes back to what you were going to say. So we said nutrition <laughs> goes way, bro- way, yes. way further than way like beyond what, okay. what um, Like way beyond what goes in your mouth. Absolutely. Okay. Yep. <laughs> On that point. Oh, yes. Is there like an oral fixation with people in like food? Is this like a thing? Yeah. 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 So. So do, do you might, would most people that or yeah, fuck it. Do, would most people that <laughs> struggle with um, like eating disorders to some extent, is there like some sort of oral fixation? And if people don't know what that means, I'm okay. not being inappropriate here. What no, oral fixation um, is a term coined by a uh, psychologist, uh, Sigmund Freud, long time ago. Um, but his concepts are whether you whether you believe them or not, like to to their full extent, there are elements that very much play into um, other theories in psychology a lot. Like he's a very big pioneer in the world of psychology. And he has come up with these developmental concepts that um, essentially, uh, I guess like a lot of what he believes is that any kind of trauma that you're living as an adult right now stems back to something that has happened in your childhood through your developmental years. So he's come up with these like sort of developmental stages and um, believed that if there was some kind of trauma response that you're dealing with now, that it was something that wasn't addressed when you were growing up. So somebody that is, without going to all of them, which don't test me, I can't remember them all in the exact order, but if you're orally fixated, essentially uh, it was a problem with, I guess, in in your feeding phase, you either like always needed to have something, you're either like always attached to something in your mouth or like really dis- had a distaste for. So... Um, if someone was orally fixated, I guess so. They find a lot of pleasure with things that are coming into their mouth. So I would almost say that eating disorders, not necessarily in that sense. If I was to put like a developmental stage on an eating disorder, and I'm saying like a typical, a typical eating, there's lots of them, um, but say like an anorexia or bulimia, um, then they would be stuck in, uh, the I would almost say the anally retentive or anally ex, um, expulsive stage. So um, people that are anally retentive generally are like the control freaks and they need um, structure and routine and they get stuck in that and they need rigidity in their life. And the anally expulsive are the people that are like very blasé and very um, whatever goes. And like I can't really I don't really care to have control in my life and and therefore things can sort of like be thrown on the wayside because I'm not necessarily having enough structure in my life they're they're on the extreme ends so I think that people that are particularly anorexia is very common um would be very anally retentive so extreme control I can like control what I can control and therefore I will be very rigid about it and same with bulimia, but the elements could also go into like anal expulsion. So I guess like I generally, and this is a very generalized way of explaining bulimia, but um, I guess eating a lot and feeling out of control, that's a control, like being lack of control with being anal expo- expulsive. Um, and therefore I need to remove and therefore come back to like ground zero of control. Yeah. So, yes. Mm, interesting. But that's like, yeah, very extreme. <laughs> Freudian psychology is very uh, dark. 
Uh, yeah, I mean, it's very, like, sexually driven. Very sexually driven, yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah no, I think so much of... Um, so much of eating disorders, are, yeah, they're, they're really highly complex. And, mm. I mean, whether we're going down to, like, developmental stages mm. of, of the human, uh, a lot of the issues that people will uh, struggle with are 100% things that often have nothing to do with what they're going through right now. Yeah. Um, you know, a, a really basic thing often with um that I've seen or noticed with uh, people who really struggle with self-control when it comes to eating is, um you know, just being bored. Like, they're bored in their life. Mm. Like, they're, yep. b- they're bored in their life and they need a thing that provides them with pleasure and food is a very easy way to receive yes. pleasure. So they go for the thing that they know they can get pleasure from mm. because they are lacking pleasure and, you know, other, other aspects, aspects of their yeah. life. Yeah. And, and I always give people the example of this. Like, when you're really, like, enthralled in an activity... You forget, don't Yeah, you? like, if we if we did... This podcast has been engaging, and if mm. it was to keep being engaging for eight hours, like, mm. you wouldn't even think about food, right? Yeah, Maybe at I the end you would, but yeah. you'd be like... But if you're really engaged in the activity, mm. uh, yeah, like, it's not the thing. But how often are people in a job that they don't, they're not happy with, they don't like, and they're just, like, looking for reasons to eat something so mm. they can create excitement or they're thinking about when their ne- next, next toilet meal break is, yeah, yeah. etc. Yeah, yeah, when's lunch? Procrastinating yeah. is also <laughs> common. Uh, yeah, um, it is definitely like instant gratification. That's what food is. And just like anything that's addictive, it's that like I get an instant dopamine hit or like, you know, pleasure hormones are signaled like instantly. Um, and I guess that's why people are always like searching for that, whether that's they can't find that necessarily in their own lives, um, then, yeah, they'll seek alternative responses, which could be food. Yeah, of mm. course. Uh, mm. Another thing is, like, uh, you know, self-worth in general, like, you know, th- people's, uh, you know, ability to uh, feel like a certain way um, versus, uh, what am I trying to say? So something that happens on Instagram that mm. I think is really obvious to everyone who sees it, but uh, it still happens a lot is uh, you'll get, and I feel like I feel like women do these things to each other that are always like a bit like catty-like. Um, go on, uh, go on. So like girls, w- women, girls, I have noticed will often, very fit women will pose and not look, very look very in shape and say, mm. YOLO, have whatever you want to eat. Yeah. And then be like yeah. looking perfect. Yeah. And then <laughs> other women, normal women, mm. right, feel really bad because mm. they're like, well, I don't look like that when I say YOLO. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, do you know what I'm, do you yeah, know what I'm saying? I, yeah, yeah, absolutely. But, but, then, but the irony is, right, because to the, to the average pundit scrolling mm. with their thumb, like, you know that the girl who's posting that picture has a self-worth issue, which is why she's posting about it yes. to get, like, the attention from yes. the post. To yes. F- like, to feel the... And look, if, if, if any one of... Like, anyone who's on social media a lot probably has a self-worth thing, right? We're, like, looking for attention and mm. validation, and mm-hmm. that's kind of the whole game of it. Mm. Um, but, yeah, it's, like, it's this ultimate irony that happens all the time. Mm. And I think a huge thing that people don't often think about when it comes to dealing with their eat like their eating habits is addressing their self-worth you know and i wouldn't say because i wouldn't want to put a negative connotation on it It isn't like your self-worth issues but no addressing like what is your self-worth like you know and just taking the time to be like because this is the thing i've noticed so many times i've said this to a few different people so 
I have been a part of the gym culture for a long time and something mm. that often men will do is they go to the gym because they want to get bigger because mm -hmm. they think if they look bigger and they look musclier, girls will like them, mm. right? And ironically, what happens... Just more guys like them. Ironically, <laughs> all that happens is that more dudes just start hitting on you and no, like, girls just don't care. Like, yeah. Because it's not... Like, some girls Look at those veins. I don't care. Yeah. yeah. But often what girls yeah. like is, like, confidence and mm. funny... Do you know, like, yeah. all these qualities that you could just actually get without ever going, going to lift to the a gym. weight. Yeah. yeah. Th like, there, there's almost no correlation, right? But yeah. men just think, like... If I do the thing that's proactive, and I've told people this, like, uh, you know, like I've started dancing like maybe a year and a half or two years ago, and I've mm. noticed my, because uh, so much of dancing, especially if you're not good at it, is to learn to like let go of your ego mm. and like just be and like not take yourself so seriously, and um, you know, like I've that's probably been the one activity I've done that's actually genuinely boosted my confidence the most, mm. but it's it's probably not the one that I think of is like it's not the scariest one to tackle but it's actually been the one the most helpful to boost confidence if that makes mm. sense yeah, yeah yeah maybe more so than like combat sports or like you yeah, know heavy lifting or whatever and mm. you know it's in my head every it's kind of reaffirmed this idea that you you are enough you know that's mm. the thing like realize that you are enough do things because you want to do them yeah but don't do them in pursuit of thinking that doing the thing will make you feel like enough because yep. often and you we see how often do we see this people finish careers and then lose the plot because they realize oh like i achieved all the things and i'm still not happy yes absolutely and this is something that um is has come up several times in like a um, coaching space for me with people who, generally women, like, like I get mostly women who will approach me about this kind of information or like just advice about like wanting to lose weight. It's a big one, of course. Um, and my, yeah, my first response is always until you address like what's going on in your head, you'll never, you'll never be satisfied with the, the weight loss that you may or may not achieve. So until you address what's going on in inside, like, between your ears, your self-worth, your how you view yourself right now, regardless of the size that you are, is pretty much going to either help or hinder your ability to lose weight. And I think a big one was, I think, on a personal level, um, such a big one for me was... Um, walking or stepping through the space of uh, like bodybuilding, fitness modeling, all of that jazz, which uh, in time I was like in my early 20s at the time or even younger. Yeah, like really early 20s and um, super insecure, like super like needed to really work on m what I thought of myself personally. That's, in, you know, in hindsight, that would have been the number one thing that I should have done. But turning that, like flipping that around, I thought that the answer would be like, if I could get as shredded as, as possible and step on a stage in a bikini and show, you know, like, oh, I'll show them like, I was this overweight, like teenager, like, I'm going to show you that I can do this. I'm going to show myself that I can do this. And I remember, I did it a few times, but the second time I remember very distinctly stepping on that stage, finishing this prep, which was like absolute torture. Like it was really psychologically like I just I can't even fathom like some people can do and I just couldn't handle it <laughs> um just like emotionally I was not 
I was not emotionally prepared and not in I just didn't have a good intentions about it like my goal was I feel like I'm gonna have self-worth if I do this because I'm gonna look a certain way that I think I'll be happy with and then I got there and I was still like picking myself apart I still didn't feel like I was ready to get on stage I still didn't feel like I was still comparing to the other girls and still going well I'm not as lean I'm not as like I don't look like her and I got to the end and I wasn't even I wasn't even happy like I I realized like I got to the end and nothing had freaking changed in my head for six months I'd been dieting and training and like my entire life revolved around this I was tired and angry and like just such a moody bitch and I got to the end and I wasn't even happy and I constantly sort of like bring that back as a like a story that I tell people (laughs) because it all really boiled down to like what I thought of myself at the end of the day irrespective of the size that I was so yeah I always say when we work on the stuff in the inside then the outside will start to change too and it's I guess a slower process it's not necessarily like you know I'm gonna yeah I could lose the weight in six weeks but they're the people that are probably gonna gain it all back if they're not working on the the psych behind yeah I mean, mm. and the, I, the thing that I really st- I mean I, I, I do I struggle to understand it is it's not like people don't know what to do no like people, nah, know, people know perfectly well what to do yeah and yeah but it's funny because you'll try and explain to people like we need to work on these, you know, esoteric concepts mm. like that are hard to grasp but will be the real life changer and that people seem very neglectful, re- hesitant or have a lot of resistance to want to work on those things mm. when those are the things that will actually make the actual change Yeah. instead of the things that you think will make the change. But, you know, how, how often does it happen? It's the whole concept of yoga dieting. Like yes. you do a thing that works really well but yep. then you default back to habits that um you used to have comforting yeah yeah, because you chose to do something that was too challenging which you know was too challenging at the start yeah um but you it's like you can't sprint a marathon exactly right exactly right even the person who even the fastest marathon runner could sprint faster than he is running that marathon absolutely so yeah but we just want to have this illusion that like maybe i'll be the one i'll be the exception to the rule and this i've seen this happen lots of times people have lost like Mm. 30 40 kilos and then they go back 50 kilos yeah and you just go like wow like and you, you can went see through so much yeah, and you can see that, it yeah. when people have that regression that they struggle to get to go past it again because they only got to this something because this is a scary thing that i don't think people realize sometimes some people lose weight just based on sheer willpower and that's fine but that's your power and that that sheer sheer willpower eventually ends it mm. runs out Definitely. And then you need something else there. And if you haven't actually fixed the foundation of who you are, yep. then you will just, you will go Continue back and it'll do. be even harder because yeah. now you don't have that shoe willpower and yep. now you have even more issues. Yeah, absolutely. And then you've got this like historical understanding of weight loss as being very, very challenging and very, very sac- like you have to sacrifice so much and you can't have a life because you've gone so hard in and you have lost the weight. And obviously evidence shows that you've lost the weight but it was just miserable and you had no life and you had to eat bland shit food and like it worked, but I was unhappy and then I lost the weight and then obviously uh, I'm done now. And like you said, the willpower runs out and you go back to habits that you formed because yeah, you weren't really addressing the like foundational issues that were occurring. 
uh, like psychologically and then gain the weight and then it's like, man, I would feel unmotivated to try and do that again too. Like, can you imagine just like gaining all that weight back and then saying, shit, if I want to lose weight again, I have to have no social life, eat chicken and broccoli and train like 20 hours a week, you know, which isn't the case if you were, again, dealing, well, firstly, dealing with the internal like issues that were like really the reason why these habits were formed in the first place. But also the fact, like you're saying, like people go gung-ho into diets, like they will, they'll do, they'll change every single habit that they have and uh, like expect that it will be okay rather than like, okay, I'm just going to choose one or two things and then make that part of my lifestyle. I'll like going from like zero to hundred never, like you said, you can't sprint it. So no, hundred yeah. percent. And this, mm-hmm. this is maybe like, this is my message that I think I want people to understand. Like, I f- I see that people want people lose weight because they think that losing weight will bring them something. Often yeah. that thing is, uh, you know, maybe some of the basic human needs, right? Like happiness, love, love, like you know, people you'll get intimacy, validation, yeah. yeah, um, you know, security, like maybe mm. your job uh, opportunities will increase because mm. you'll be a more eligible yeah. prospect because you think that good looking or being yeah. more better looking gives you better p- uh, positions, but. Like, you can achieve, like, the thing that all those things achieve often, like, which is that happiness component, like, by, like, being happy rather than trying to, like, you have, you, you have the thing you need, mm. you don't need to search for it, mm. like, you just need to, like, and, you know, there's that, there's that beautiful quote, you know, happiness isn't having what you want, it's wanting what you have, and yes. until you, like, fully like accept that maybe you don't really because this is the thing that i've noticed when people want to lose weight like they lose weight yep they'll do it like yeah that's the thing it will just happen almost not organically but it's it's not as it's not as like well it's it's like gritty and horrible as and miserable as it's made out it's like a it's it's instead of running away from a problem, you're running towards a goal. 100%. You know, instead of running away, like, I don't want to be fat, you're running towards, like, I want to be fit. Yeah. And it's, like, an exciting, like... Yes. And it's, like, an ad- It's an addition to your life rather than, like, I'm now subtracting and sacrificing. Um, that's so, like, a really important point, I think, because um, if you really, like, and this is getting a little bit deep and woo-woo... But um, physical, like physical weight that we hold often is a symbol of like internal, like like you feel the weight of like pressure of the world. Like there's internal things that are going on, like weight that's weighing you down is like embodied in like our physical vessel. So until we address the internal, what's happening that the that physical weight is still going to weigh like bear us down and w- like what you're saying for people who maybe ha- are not following anymore there's all these <laughs> they're like this turn off <laughs> there's all these like but there's all these woo woo things that mm. have heaps of like you know if you if anyone's ever like gone deep into like the um you know analyzing pain like i mean i'm not sure if you know like if you're listening right now but as far as like research shows pain's like like it's almost not real. Like it's only as real as you make it out to be. Like there, there's no scale of pain. Like yeah, your, it's so subjective. Your isn't version it? of pain and my mm-hmm. version of pain could be very different, yep. and it could still be the same pain. Yep. Um. And what people don't often understand with injuries is like a lot of the times, 
uh, there's a very big correlation between like injuries or specific injuries and like certain traumas that people go through in life or yes. issues they have. Yeah. And it's so funny. Like it's almost, it's always the same thing. Like you'll see it. I'll see it at the gym all the time. Like somebody mm -hmm. goes through, like is going through a heart issue in life and then their body will break down. Right? Honestly, every single injury that I ever get is like very correlated with a stress response that is happening in my like internal world, in my outside of gym world. And so it's often, it's often a very an annoying, but very timely reminder to me to slow down yeah. because it's usually me trying to like go guns blazing, blazing on like something situational that's happening in my life. And then f my physical body will literally break down and go, nah, nah, girlfriend, like you need, you need to slow down yeah. and like work this shit out. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and it's, it's so like, it's so bizarre. Like, and mm. if you, if you've experienced like recurring injuries, yes, like, recurring like, is a big or, one. Re you know, a very big thing that happens to people is they get one injury and then that injury turns into a different injury. And yeah. it like, it's like it moves around the body. Yeah. Um, because like they haven't really fully addressed the, yes, exactly. that it, that crux of the issue. Yeah, so they could have put a bandaid on it, and it kind of got okay. And then it like the injury also kind of got okay, and then something else compensated, and then it got injured because yeah. you didn't really deal with that. Yeah, yeah. And I, rem I remember on the last episode, I might have shared that, um, or if I didn't, I went and seeked out a few different uh, gurus, like like Indian gurus for an issue that I had in my life at the time. And um, it just so happened at the time I, ha I had been having a really bad back injury. Mm. Um, it's probably only just recently gotten good. Isn't that interesting? And hey. it's probably like, I'm probably only just now recently good. And it's mm. funny because sometimes like, I'll like, it's like, I can't believe that it doesn't hurt anymore. Like it used yep. to, like it was so crippling. Mm. Uh, like there's a little bit of re the reminisce of it, but like, it's nothing to what it was like. I remember feeling like to the point that I have like a similar trauma with um, like going heavy on a back squat um, after a certain weight, my body just like yep. I put the weight on my shoulder and it's like my body is just like I get a bad feeling. Yep. Like I get a feeling of like, get this off me, get this off mm. me. Um, and it's just because I hurt myself doing the back squat and there's this weird response to it. But I think a lot of it, like at the time, like I was going through a certain issue. So I think it's, you know, that whole triggering of your body just knows, like, you know, a trauma. So, uh, what is the psychological perspective on this? Like, trauma being a thing that gets stored in your body. Is there, like, a... Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. As you've ex entirely, like, encapsulated that, it's just trauma is... Um, st trauma is stored in the body, and, yeah, it can be, like, presented as, like, spiritual woo-woo sound, but the pain body, and that will come out um, through different mechanisms at at times when the body literally would tell you to slow down or like to to stop or to like okay like reconsider what you're doing and because you're I guess like numbing it with whatever coping mechanism that you're choosing so exercise is a really um, easy one to use as an example like people that will use exercise or training uh, as a coping mechanism as an escape route um, to not dealing with things that are happening in their internal world and so because you get again like food actually you get this like rush of dopamine um and you get this huge like you know that can endorphin rush that you get after ex exercise and like you feel invincible you feel really strong and powerful and 
and you kind of write you try and write on that way for a while and obviously like naturally that that hormone will drop and then you kind of back to that sinking feeling you have to like deal with that internal thing that's happening in your head and you're like okay let's just train again and then I'll keep keep that momentum going until you're exhausted and you have to fall asleep and like you keep going through that and so injury is a nice nice little way that the body will literally say hey now like you are not dealing with this thing that's happening internally and I'm going to physically scream out to you and say if you don't do this I will if you don't stop I'll make you um that's how I like to look at injury anyway if you don't if you don't stop, I'll make you. That's kind of what injuries yeah. are saying to you. Um, so, yeah, stored, stored trauma. Um, and, like, from an eating perspective, similar. So, uh, like, people binge eating is a trauma response from something that they haven't addressed. Same thing, dopamine hit. You get this instant gratification. And then it's very overwhelming. Uh, this is, like, usually, like, sense that people have when they have, like, binge eating, proper binge eating disorders is like they will eat and eat and eat to the point where it's like it's overwhelming. Like they cannot – they physically feel like – it's not even euphoria but like this sense of like lack of control that – yeah, they're just in this spiral uh, until they feel physically unwell. I've seen seen this. I Mm. have someone really close in my life who Mm. – like they're very in shape but they I think grew up with a very strong culture of – eat everything in your in your mm. plate and they like they struggle to eat the food on their plate and but they like make themselves like almost to the point where sick, they look wow. sick like yeah. trying to finish it and I'm like that's super you don't interesting. have to do it I just stop recording no keep going ah. yeah yeah um yeah just like a cultural thing uh and so I think for my mom for example it was like a really big learning curve for her to realize that I had to reteach and and it really only worked out that way once I started like not living at home and all of that and coming back and and sort of she had to relearn that it was kind of like okay well just because she's not eating everything on the plate doesn't mean that she doesn't she's not grateful and it doesn't mean that she doesn't like the food and doesn't mean that she it doesn't sway her love for you either you know she's still so like me as in she uh you know like your daughter still loves you even though there's a little bit left on the plate um but she literally had to relearn that like behavior response because that's something that she grew up with you know like she came up with like in a communist like regime when she was growing up so like this is what you get given they didn't have that much money like this is the food that you're going to eat enjoy it have all of it because if you don't it's like such an like a insult yeah yeah you know i think about this all the time I feel like it. I feel like it must be hard to be our parents mm. because, like, I have um, like I have pretty well educated parents who I will challenge with ideology all the time. Yeah, and like I can see the fight back, but often like they will meet in the middle or try and understand. And the world just has changed so much in the time they've been alive that they like really struggle to like keep up with it, or you know and both my parents um, being immigrants so, you mm. know they have like a whole new culture to it like they've yes. had all these things to adapt to and I often think to myself like you know like I know I'm stretching things here but like and I you know I had this conversation with um, my mother the other day like I was trying to explain to her I'm like look like we know things now faster than we did before and yeah. like in, in and even 
like when I have a kid, like they will know things even faster than I knew things, which was mm. way faster than you. Do you know what I mean? Because the yep. uh, the sharing of knowledge or how much we're able to consume or uh, you know ch- check and review things is just increasing and it's getting mm. quicker and quicker and quicker. And it's uh, a lot of the times like we're we're constantly being faced to change our beliefs and our ideologies. Maybe where in the past you you didn't like you could have two genera- two generations where a lot of the ideologies and the beliefs were very similar and mm. maybe they changed to some degree but not completely yeah. like they have in yeah and that kind of like is also that access into to information too and it's it's our ability now to not like we almost become like we feel like we can just become the experts in a field without necessarily having like a um like a qualification in a like we're like yeah we've got the power of the internet to be able to like absolutely dive into a topic and whereas they didn't and and i use the example of like you know back in the day you know like our parents generation they would go to the doctor and whatever the doctor said is gospel it was just like you don't question that like the go- the doctor's going to tell you that you've got xyz like you should take this you not even like going to look for a second opinion that's like okay that they're right because they're qualified and therefore we're going to glorify them mm-hmm. and nowadays it's like i go see a, like gp i'm like yeah cool but like i've also like i've come in like armed with information like i'm like hey but like also i thought might maybe it's this or like i have all these symptoms and then i might get another opinion or like i might use webmd <laughs> and they would tell me that i'm dying well it's it's uh, you know it's it's kind of like this like in the past people would go to uh, like a general physician for mm any sort of ailment that they might feel, right? Whereas now there's yeah. uh, like a high level of education realizing, you know what, if I'm if my knee's hurting and I go to the doctor, like they're probably not the most... Qualified ev- for this, yeah. They're yeah. probably not the most qualified person yeah. um, for this. And they're not, they're, mm. not meant, they're not meant to be. No, they're just I mean? supposed to be generalized and yeah, exactly. lead you in the right path. Right, yeah. Or it's the same thing with like a diet issue or, yeah. you know, all these different types of things, right? Mm. Like, um, which maybe can be the last topic that we can get into here. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, like... The amount of people that I know that go to a doctor because they that doctor is friendly to them and they're just happy to pr- happily prescribe them um what's it called that thing that drug that Do makes you, you wait what's it called we Ger- lose Germine. 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 oh man I have I yeah I well I just I have so many problems with that I just can't it's like basically like here go have some speed it is, yeah exactly so um, um yeah this is my okay this a thousand issues with Germine, but here is one of them. Um, I've taken it. I know. Have I, you? Yeah, I've Jesus. Taken it. I took what are it your side effects? Makes well, you okay. wired. Okay, well, this is the thing. I took it for three days. Okay. And this is why I had to stop taking it. I wanted to kill myself. I have not the best mental health at the best of times. Yeah, so like um, there's like a predisposition oh my goodness. and then it just... Like I literally... Being, I remember after the first night, I was like telling my partner at the time, like I, like, I really want to k- kill myself right now. Like... And they were like, you're going to feel fine tomorrow. Like, you know, like it's probably this thing, you know, blah, yeah. blah. And it it felt like having a hundred coffees and then having the down of that. Like I felt invincible at the start of the day. And yeah. then by night time, I was like, oh my goodness. Like I, how Did it I make you train different? Did you feel like you trained better? Um, Oh, I don't, look, I, 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 my heart rate spikes faster than i would like it to at the best of times and so it was just like so already high yeah so it was i didn't enjoy the training i feel I, like it's almost dangerous i almost want a downer for when it, when it comes to training i don't need yeah like, yeah yeah you don't need to start with an elevated yeah, heart rate yeah, um, for sure yeah like um 
and that's just more like today for example in the partner like my natural speed is like high like when it comes to training like mm. i don't have an issue with creating intensity i yes. need like the opposite i need to like create tranquilized yeah. <laughs> legit yeah yeah uh that's really interesting but i think that germine itself is like appeals to the masses that don't necessarily want to like diet or exercise or like you know change their nutrition too much because your heart rate is so elevated like you're naturally burning through more energy in your day but just because like you're literally stressed all the time yeah. always stressed so like you're naturally gonna like be hyped uh and and therefore burn more like at rest burn more calories and then like, yeah, I, I feel like it's almost a little bit dangerous to be, like, doing any kind of high-intensity exercise on Duramine where your heart rate is already starting at an elevated rate. Um, so, I that's what I mean. Like, I feel like it's appealing to people well, that it, necessarily don't want to... It's the magical pill. And yeah. You know, it, like, we were talking about trauma being, like... Um placed into the body i mean mm. that's what a heart attack is like it's yeah. the ultimate form of that that's so true it's like yes. stress in your life yep this intangible thing mm. and then your heart if you have enough of it and your heart's like you know what that's it like yep. calling it a day i'm done yeah yeah, yeah. that's so true yeah. like the heart attack is the ultimate yep. um you know sign uh, of stress yeah yeah like yep. it's the ultimate form of like a trauma in your life that's affecting you to the point that end your life mm. um but no the issue that i have with germine is that there's such a big culture around people who just that's how they lose weight they get on germine they i'm so naive i literally i'm just like what do you mean people do this like oh yeah yeah, yeah people like which, I, I think we've had this conversation the other like thing, in a personal yeah. way like yeah there's a lot of people on drugs in the gym i'm like what <laughs> no one's taking steroids <laughs> that's another podcast that's topic another podcast. <laughs> uh yeah like 100 percent. yeah because it blocks because it, it also blocks your appetite that's right that's, yes that, that, that's the other thing people mm. just so and then it slows down your metabolism and then it fucks your hormones and you also to get off it's yeah. like yeah and then people put on more weight than they yeah. do so then they think oh i need to go on it again yes and some people will only train when they're in germine because they feel like there's no purpose to training when they're not on it because they don't see as good a result mm. it's kind of like having steroids but like prescribed like not yeah. in steroids it's kind of like clenbuterol but like yeah prescribed yeah <laughs> yeah pretty much yeah yeah cool yeah. that's crazy it's a crazy world we live in it is a crazy world how come that's legal and no that's a totally different topic let's <laughs> not go down that role for that yeah that's um, fine yeah no i think um okay. i think in general we just live in a very uh a quick gratification type society super um, yeah and i think so this is the thing and this is something that i heard today which is a good story that i'll try and share um i think it's called having like a a gardener's mentality so if you were to create a garden mm. you would you know, do the soil, etc., and then you'd plant some seeds, mm. and you wouldn't, uh, you'd water the seeds, and you wouldn't keep checking on it every hour to see if something's changed, right? Like, yep. you would need to wait quite a while, like weeks, months, depending on something, like years, yep. for it to give you the harvest that you want. Mm. Um, and I think a lot of the times people just need to have that approach when it comes to their training. Mm. Like this is a conver this is a real conversation that people will have to me all the time. And this is what I want to say to them versus what I do say to them. <laughs> but we run 28 day challenges. Yep. I don't love running 28 day challenges. I'm, I will be honest about that. But it just it's just become culture that that's how people sign up to a gym. They see yeah. a challenge and then they're like, I'm going to sign up to the gym now. So it's just become something that in the fitness culture uh, yep. we have to do to get people people come in and they'll be like, how much can I lose? Right. And you know, like 
I'll give like I'll generally give this term right, like between two and five kilos for like yep. a, a normal female if they have like yep. maybe twenty, thirty percent excess body fat. Mm-hmm. Um, and they will often those same people will say, "Oh, like is that all?" And I just I really want to say like, look, if you actually lost five kilos of fat, you would have to change your whole wardrobe. You'd feel like fucking awesome, mm. like and also you you've taken like ten years to put on all this extra weight like it's not going to go away yeah. in 28 days like yeah. even if you do lose it it's probably not all, like it's not going to be all fat no do you know what I mean yeah. like it's like this is just getting you this is like this is you setting the soil on the ground yes. yep. do you know what I mean like you got to yep. fucking water that garden for like a year yep. two years you know like yep. maybe longer like yeah I don't know where you're kind starting of from your whole life yeah do you know what I mean to like stay like yeah. in shape you know what I mean like yeah, yeah. Not to sound negative, guys. <laughs> there is no end to the journey. Uh, yeah, I think we definitely live in a society where we want instant results. And I think I always like to bring it back to, and it's super hard to sell this, but uh, when you are in that like realm of like, say, weight loss is your goal, um, looking for the for the for like being grateful for the now, which we talked about earlier. Um, but like finding gratitude in the day to day. So like the quick wins that you are getting is like you might sleep better. Like you're probably sleeping way better than you were before you were exercising. You probably un it's probably easier for you to drink more water. Okay. You might have been struggling to hit two liters and now it's like because you're actually thirsty from training, like you're you want to drink more water. That's a win. Like the fact that like you feel you have energy to like play with your kids or whatever. Like that should be a win. Um, they're these little things that I think kind of get dismissed on the journey because you're always like, oh, well, I, like once I lose 20 kilos, I'll be happy. But there's just, there's so many things that are happening that I think people need to celebrate more than they do and like give themselves more accolades along the way because otherwise this is not fun it's not really fun to just be like oh, i'm slaving away and it's just like it's finding the quick wins like and that's why i'm such an advocate for someone to, like people finding skill-based or performance-based sport to be the vessel that helps like fuel the the weight loss journey so like not necessarily being everything but finding things that like could improve your skill in something that you're interested in will make things much more fun because then you can start doing things like I got my first like pull up and that's exciting and that's something yeah, yeah. that can be a quick win yeah, 100%. along the way. So, you know, like yeah. I always, uh, this is a conversation that I have all the time just to see if anyone ever takes me up on it and they <laughs> often don't and these same people are the ones that struggle to lose weight but I often tell people like if you want to lose weight, go run a marathon. Yeah. Because you probably can't right now. You probably can't run. No. You probably don't I don't like think running. I could even run 42Ks at the moment. But if but you pursued that journey, yes, like definitely. you will be the person mm. that you want to be along. But th- you know what? It wouldn't even matter because you're pursuing a journey. You're pursuing like a, posi- a positive thing where you're yep. going to, you know, become faster, learn how to run, you know, tick off goals, like be mm. able to enter competitions, yep. do well at them. And then by the end, you know what? You Your body has to match what that thing is at some stage and it will mm. um, rather than just trying to change your body without yeah it becomes like the byproduct of what you're exactly, doing yeah. yeah absolutely and and when like the focus doesn't necessarily be like everything that I'm doing is only based on weight loss 
then yeah, things are going to be much more fun along the way and it becomes the byproduct rather than being the sole product of what you're doing. Like, you know, exercising just to burn X calories. Like, of course that's unmotivating. Like I see these people in Globo gyms like slaving away on a cross trainer every like day for an hour. Like how freaking boring. Like how freaking boring that you can't like go outside and like go for a hike. You're burning calories too, but it's much more enjoyable and like much more like, I don't know, mentally stimulating and it becomes – and then, you know, other things become like, oh, I can check out this hike I haven't done before and this one's a bit more challenging and, and I should try it out. And then the weight loss part, like the calorie burning is happens. a byproduct. Yeah. It just happens along the way. So, yeah. 100%. <sighs> Big things. Thank you for mm. coming on today, Joe. Thanks for letting me ramble. We did a good <laughs> 17 minutes again. Woo! There Damn. you go. Uh, if people want to find you, where can they do so? Uh, Instagram at Joe Turek. And on the podcast, you can't say that cool. as well. Um, if you'd like to follow me, guys, you can do so at the uh, podcast, um, Instagram, Better You Project Podcast. Um, or you can follow me at Raul CFDU on Instagram. Uh, like always, guys, thank you very much for tuning in today. Thank you, Joe, for coming on board. Thank and um, you. yeah, uh, go listen to a podcast if you haven't yet. Thanks, guys. Peace. Catch you.